Friday, January the 7th, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We are going to be bouncing around with the focus on the NFL playoffs this week. Before we get into just letting you know everything going on in the schedule, just, uh, you know, hard to, to talk, have a show and, and not mention or just talk about some of the things that, that uh, have been going on this week. Uh, I don't ever really talk about politics on this show. Um, I talk sports, pop culture, you know, movies, shows, uh a lot of stuff that's fun and entertainment, but this isn't really a, a political issue to me. This is more of a humanitarian issue. Uh, what's going on right now in the world? Um, it's uh, it's scary. So uh, it's you know very 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 scary. And what happened the other day? There's just no excuse, and there's no defending. And um, it, it was just a, a sad day for America. And hopefully now um, with uh, things changing in the next few weeks. We can slowly move forward, but it's a it's not a it's not a pleasant time here. We're gonna do our best to try to keep you entertained, keep you uh, updated on everything going on in sports and with the the shows and stuff that we cover. But just felt like we had to at least uh, address that a, a little bit at the at the beginning. But we won't be talking um, much more uh, about that right now, and, and hopefully we won't have too much more to to talk about it in that sense. What we do have to talk about NFL playoffs coming up. The Super Wild Card Weekend. We've got Dave Weaver joining for the Saturday games. Eric Etoff, Twenty One Sports, going to talk the Sunday games. Then we're going to get into Saturday horse racing. We've got Gabe Vartanian from the Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group on Facebook joining me. We're going to talk about the Saturday Santa Anita Stakes races. Then we bounce over to Sam Houston with Andy Villanueva. We go through their Pick Six sequence. It's a mandatory Pick Six payout on Saturday. Closing things out. Wrestling with Chad Cooper We discuss what's going on in the world of AEW We recap the Dynamite We talked about uh, Monday Night Raw Smackdown A little bit of NXT And some predictions and thoughts early on For uh, the Royal Rumble coming up in a few weeks Next week we'll have uh, some Cobra Kai discussion Um, I wanted it to be good I didn't want to just fly right through it And I wanted to bring a guest on That uh, will be better next week Where we can get a little bit more time And and really break that down So Cobra Kai recap of season 3 Coming next week Right now we're going to get right into the NFL We start with the Saturday games On the conversation with Dave though It was recorded a little bit earlier So we didn't talk about the Rams-Seattle game Was waiting to hear more information about golf So we talk about that game with Eric Following on the Sunday section So we spend about 30 minutes with Dave Talking about some of the Saturday games And then his best bet And then we go over and we talk about the other games With Eric following So NFL coming up in a big playoff wild card weekend We made it, we made it We made it through the NFL season We are on to the playoffs Actually no NFL game Got cancelled this year There probably are a few that, that should have been Nonetheless the NFL season got through it We are on to the playoffs And I believe the man who joined us for week one I believe he joined us week one To talk about the first week Good buddy you've heard him on That's what she said before My old colleague Good friend Dave Weaver from TVG But uh, once all season comes up Dave Weaver from more ways to win Dave Weaver NFL analyst How you doing buddy? Happy New Year, my man. Yeah, can you believe it? We had a few scares there. I guess we had postponements. You know, we had yeah. games that were supposed to be played on Thursday. They got pushed to Saturday. They got pushed to Sunday. They got pushed to Tuesday. But uh, but we made it, and a little bit of a different year. And that we have that extra team with the only the one bye. So Chiefs are in, and Packers are in. They get to sit back and wait. That's obviously a huge advantage for them. Funny that you said that. 
This was the first time uh, This was I was reading Peter King's uh, Monday Morning in America Football Morning in America column And he had said the first time in pro football's 101 seasons That there was a game played on every day of the week This I year I don't remember the Friday game The cr- Christmas okay. Christmas so Yeah, like, that's why Because it, didn't, it doesn't game? feel like a Friday Because it was Christmas Day that's right. Uh, okay. So, so you know, it just it felt like a, just a, another game because it was NBA's on and stuff there. It was Vikings Saints, but forty nine Sunday games. Five, uh, yeah. So I mean, amazing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday had the one game, the Baltimore Dallas. Wednesday had the one game, Pittsburgh Baltimore. Thursday had you know all their Thursday games. Friday had a game. We had the Saturday games that start scheduled, and then the Sundays. So uh, crazy here. And it's funny when you you you, you watch sports and it's like. Uh, okay, everything's been done, but every there's always something that's never been done. It's a, it's just absurd. So, um, for the all the the wives or partners or uh, uh, you know, family members that were frustrated to to have their uh, their significant others watching football, they were like, "What the hell? Football on a Tuesday? This doesn't make it." it. Right? It's a Tuesday like, and, the, and even the Remember early the ones that, yeah. that were supposed to be at like five o'clock that were like, like one o'clock, o'clock or two o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, it just spiced up a, a boring. Pandemic day when you're stuck at home Exactly so now now we got the good games To talk about so they're calling it Super wild card weekend I'm going to talk with Dave about the uh, the three Saturday games, and da- what's really cool about this season, this playoff slate in particular, you know, the 14 teams. You mentioned the two number one seeds that that have the bye, so that's for the first time ever, just one team having a bye and making and, and moving on to a uh, to the the next round. The AFC was was loaded. I mean, we had a a good Miami team get left out. The NFC. Towards the bottom wasn't quite as as deep, but this feels like a good group. Like it doesn't feel like even like many down games. There's usually one or two of the wild card games. You're like, eh, this is kind of like a that that Saturday early game. We don't get those this year. No, and there's you know I don't think there's one game where you can say this team just cannot win. I mean, I guess Bears Bears and Saints would be the maybe the one. But Saints don't, always, don't, Saints don't always show up. We'll yeah, talk about they, that they in, in, in a bit. Two actually, years in a row. I actually like the Saints. But anybody can win on either of these two days for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about Saturday. Uh, we get into the opening Saturday game. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Uh, the Colts come into this 11-5, and 8-8 eight and eight against the spread. Buffalo 13-3, 11-5 against the spread. They are the hottest team in the league. They have looked really good. And when you go through... I mean both of these teams but when you go through Buffalo's schedule They were one of the teams that sort of got screwed By the COVID games that moved around Because they had one of their games When they were supposed to play Tennessee That got bumped back And then their game against Kansas City Got moved around So they had two games that they were trying to sort of prepare for At the same time They didn't know if they were going to play the Tennessee game And those are two tough opponents To have to have your schedule all like switched around You take those two games out Their only other loss was a Hail Mary I mean they, Mm. they were good This is a good team coming in right now Dave But they they play a good Colts team. This line, I, I see it at around six and a half. Buffalo, uh, six and a half point favorite over under right now, around 51. Yeah, it's been between seven and a half and six and a half. It, it did get over a touchdown there a little bit earlier in the week. And Buffalo, not only mentioned they've been good against the spread, but they have covered their last three games by 20 points. You know, they, they're favored by seven, they win by 30. But guess what, Gino? That's the regular season. This is the playoffs. And these are the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this is a franchise that hasn't gotten out of the wild card round since 1995. And, and I'm not saying 
it matters those rosters back then versus this roster. But what matters is the pressure that comes with playing for a, f- a franchise that, that can't, you know, get through that wild card around since Jim Kelly was there. And what does that do to Josh Allen? It means he has to try hard and he, he's going to play different, I think. You, you look at last year's playoff game and he, he had a good year. He had a, he, had a, he had a better oh. year. He had a better year this year, no doubt about it. He's a better quarterback when you remove from from 2019. But he was not good in that in that game against Houston. They lost Houston, because of him throwing He's balls just up in the backwards, air, backwards, backwards, no backwards, touchdowns. Sack. So I just think not that Philip Rivers has been a godsend in the playoffs when he's with the Chargers, but he's won playoff games. He's won five playoff games before. He's five and two against the spread in his seven road playoff games in his life. I. I'll go with the experienced quarterback and the points. Do do the Colts have to beat him? No, I think they can. I think they might. But to lay a touchdown here with Josh Allen in a, in a playoff game, I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm going to take the Colts. You know what? I I don't think this is the greatest matchup for Buffalo. I really don't like of of, of the teams that are in. This is a Colts team that can run the ball pretty well. It, you know, deceivingly, Taylor has finished third this year in rushing. After what seemed like an up and down year for him He was third overall in rushing yards this year They They're going to be missing Costanzo I think that could hurt them a little bit for the the Colts win chances But I agree with you If you can find the sevens out there Or if you got it earlier in the week at above seven I'd absolutely take it And even at 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 anything above like five I would still probably take the Colts But the the key number there is seven You know, Try to look around and find it if you you can get that Uh, The Colts are another team You You look at their losses so they got beaten the first week by Jacksonville. Okay, you know, I I, I just kind of tossed that out. I, terrible team. They just got beat. Their other losses, they lost at Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland's better than we thought they were going to be this year. They lost to Baltimore, and that game was really deceiving. Cle- uh, the Colts were playing really well early. There was a turnover that was a terrible call that ended up giving Baltimore a defensive touchdown, and just it was like a fourteen point swing in the game. It changed it. Their loss to Tennessee. They had a bunch of COVID issues. They were missing. All of their best defensive players right up the middle And Henry ran all over them They beat, they they blew the Pittsburgh game They had Pittsburgh by the neck Well, this is... the, They got screwed anyways There were like 10 PI calls that, that could have gone You know against Pittsburgh That they yeah. didn't call and then there were yeah. 10 that they could have Not called against Indy that they called It was like they, they got screwed in that game They were yeah, the better so team that day too So you, that, that should have been a win Game by game you go through their schedule And they, they're well coached I think they can beat any I think they're capable of beating anyone like this this felt like to me the worst matchup in the first round for one of the better teams because I, I just think they can slow the ball down they have some defensive playmakers um as long as the key here is you know the pressure on rivers can buffalo get the pressure on him I don't know I mean their their defense has gotten a lot better but they you don't think of them as like they're going to you know get five or six sacks in, in this game which is what you'd probably need to to uh, you know a few to at least start rattling him so I think the Colts keep it close for sure too. I'm with you. I'm, well, you you sort of were hinting at it, and I feel the same way. I, I I don't know if you feel this way. I guess I'm I'm assuming you do. I would like I would play the Bills back again, like moving forward if they get this one game like monkey off their back. I think right. they'll relax a lot when they're in situations where they're maybe not supposed to win as much. Like I'd I'd like to play them against a Kansas City. You know. Um, if that were the case, you know, a, a game or two down the road, but I think they got to get this first one and then have Allen just kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. 
And, and you know, the Colts are one of the few teams that they have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. So yep. both sides of the ball, their their lines are fantastic, especially their offensive line. But, you know, Buffalo is a top five offense, but they're mid-pack defensively, I think 16th out of 32 um, when, it, when it comes to scoring defense. So the Colts are going to be able to put up their points. Uh, just going to take Josh Allen to have a huge game and, you know, run for a couple of touchdowns and throw for a couple of touchdowns and to really play pressure free but I, I don't think that that's what's going to really happen yeah i could see a close game here like bills by three with you know or you know i could see it being a who gets the ball last with a chance to win the game type of game and is that going to be josh allen or is it going to be you know philip rivers and a, and a colts like a really well coached colts team which hey man this bills team is really good too like there's no knocks on them at all i just feel like that's a little bit much the, the number if it was if it was around four or five like i said i probably wouldn't I probably still lean Bills, but once it gets up to that six, seven number, I, I think that's a little too much for a Colts team that can keep it close. And the Bills had no fans all year long. And I thought I read that they were going to have yeah, maybe six or they're seven thousand. So yeah. that that could help, you know, jumping through they're, tables, they're, man. They're the home. Bills Mafia. They're gonna be right. jumping through those tables. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the craziest fans. That's one thing I'm really happy for. The Bills fans and the Browns fans, although the Browns, uh, they they feel like they don't really have much of an opportunity now go this week with the COVID issues they have. But the uh, the Bills, great fans, great fan base, and a really fun opening game to the NFL playoffs this year with yeah. the Colts at the Bills. The middle game on Saturday, we got the NFC East winner, Washington, who uh, was able to sort of uh, uh, kind of fall their way in after uh, the Eagles pulled up the red flag last week mid game. And the Bucks, on the other hand, they've looked really good because their schedule really eased up towards the end of the year. The 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 thing is, is if you look at the teams that the Bucks have played, they've all been teams that don't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, which is what hurts Brady. He's been able to just sit back and, and throw and do whatever he wants. That is one of the strengths of this Washington team. They can go get you on the defensive end, especially with Young, who has just been incredible. Um, Washington is an eight-point underdog at home right now. I'm seeing uh, 44 and a half or so for the uh, the total. So Tampa's got to go on the road, even with the better record, even playing a losing team in the NFL. You know, you win your division, you get that home game. Washington, the home dog here against the Bucks. Uh, some of your thoughts, Dave? It just seems like. Washington has gone through so much this year with with their coach, you know, overcoming cancer, Alex Smith coming off of uh, multiple years of rehabbing his leg. I mean, the fact that he's even walking is amazing, let alone getting out on the gridiron and, and managing games, five straight wins when Alex Smith has started. Ron Rivera, I mean, this guy's just been through so much and to, to have a chance to win a playoff game. I think they have a chance to do it. I do you know, too. Definitely, definitely with the points, I think they can pass enough. I'm not sold on on Tampa's secondary, and they stuff the run. So it could be a long game on the ground. Alex Smith's going to have to work some magic, get some balls to McLaurin, get some balls to Sims, who's he's been hooking up with that young receiver as well um, this season, and a couple of tight ends that he can be that he can rely on. So I think they can pass the ball. Against Tampa. Now, you just need to somehow keep Tom Brady from putting three touchdowns up in the first half and opening up a 21 nothing lead. That would be the end of it, I think, if Tampa just, you know, bulldozes them early. But if this can be a little bit of a slower-paced game where Washington can score first, 
get up a touchdown, maybe give one up, keep it 13-10 at halftime. I see no no reason why Washington can't cover the uh, the touchdown plus. Yeah, it it just feels like a really bad matchup for Brady and that offense going up against a really good defensive front like that. So the key is, like you said, uh, I, I think for Washington offensively, can't turn the ball over. Right, can't can't no giveaways. Even if you have to go three and out and punt here and there, like try to play your best field position. Don't give Tampa any short fields, any opportunities. Make them earn it against your your strong defense. Like sort of play it like your defense is your offense. You know, I'm not saying don't do anything offensively, but. If Alex Smith is in there, the short Alex Smith passing game is great. You can uh, use a little, try to use a little play action if you can. But I, you said it's so hard to root against this Washington team, and that's not why I like them in this spot. I think because a, a team that's got a really good defense as a home underdog, they are going to be playing against a Tampa team that just played Minnesota, at Atlanta, Detroit, and at Atlanta. We're talking about bad. Defenses there and that was what Helped Tampa look really really good And beat up it's funny there are a couple teams That you could look at their schedule in in When in the middle of the season and you could See oh you know and what's going to happen They're going to win three or four games this was a team I had circled all along that I was going to play against In the first round not saying that they won't Win this game but I they were Going to be a little bit overvalued because they beat Up on some terrible Defenses over their last few they played a Detroit team that had nobody there that was ravaged from COVID and none of their staff either like they're they're missing their coaching staff too and Atlanta's defense has been a little bit better in the second half but they they're nothing to write home about Minnesota's defense I think Zimmer just said they they were awful so I I'm with you man this just feels like a little too much more than the touchdown give me Washington and and I think it helps that Ron Rivera you know all those years in Carolina he knows the Tampa Bay um, defensive uh, players very well And actually Carolina as An underdog in a lot of those Games against Tampa over the years have, have Won so I, I like the fact that he kind of Knows his team well um, And it's too many points and they're home And nobody's expecting them to do anything right So there's no pressure on them they just None Go out all. there and can, ha- can have a little bit of fun None at all I mean a, a, an early turnover You get Chase Young you know A strip sack you put a little pressure On them and and you and if you put Tampa in this position where they have to throw the ball and you know that you can put a little pressure on them, yeah, Tampa 11 and 5 straight up, 9 and 7 against the spread. Washington 7 and 9 straight up, 9 and 7 though against the spread. And um, yeah, I, I feel like even at 7 and 9, they've overachieved a little bit because now we're seeing with Haskins some of the things that he did coming out. It's like you were never going to win games with that guy. And, and all they had to do was put in like a serviceable. Quarterback, someone who almost had their leg like not with them now, and he was able to win games for them because they have a good coach, they have a good defense, and they feel like they believe and they buy in. I think this is a good spot for them to at least keep it close. So, yeah, I think we we both agree that in the first two games, the underdogs not only have a chance to cover, but wouldn't would not surprise me if they won. I, I probably feel a little bit different about the last game in that. Yeah, I think the Bears could keep. Keep it within 10 especially because 10 is a number Where you could be down by 16 And mm-hmm. get a garbage touchdown Late and cover I think if if Drew B- Brees Is healthy as he's looked in the last Few weeks and their defense Continues to play really well Chicago Is one of those teams sort of like Tampa Their offense looked really good for A, a few weeks because they were playing Against like the 23rd the 
the 28th, the 29th, and the 32nd defenses in the league. They were just beating up on terrible, terrible defenses and defenses that if you just like whoever they played against, their their quarterback rating was like a Rodgers rating. So it really was that bad. And I don't know if Chicago can can keep up here. They had to. They sort of backed into the playoffs too. They couldn't beat Green Bay last week to get in. Um, New Orleans minus 10 over under 47. I like New Orleans. Um, yeah. I, I just can't. Uh, I can't take a chance with an offense that was terrible. I mean, I kept waiting for Allen. I bet Allen Robinson as an anytime touchdown scorer against the Packers. I don't even know if he got a ball thrown at him last week. It was like, what? What is going on here? Where? Where's all this offense that I was expecting from? The Bears and I just I did love to say I mean I love Sean Payton I love the Saints they they just God I mean they're they're so creative offensively when they can mix Taysom Hill in there at, at in any spot and get him into the end zone and Drew Brees is I'm not sold on him um, you know he's getting older and I don't know how many big games he has left but the fact that they are where they are with Michael Thomas basically being a non-factor for all 16 games I mean this was the guy that last year. Led the league, he broke records like 15 times a game, and it was just like automatic. Him You're moving get down the field was like first downs with him. He hasn't been a factor whatsoever, and they still are, you know, almost got the bye. But I just think their offense is so much better than the Bears defensively. I mean, I wouldn't even think that the Bears defense is as good as the Saints. So I think, you know, every category you look at favors the Saints. I'm gonna say, who let's go. 37 17. That's so funny. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win by 20. That's amazing. I was thinking 37 20. I had the same, almost the same exact number in my in my head. Um, yeah, I mean, even even like all of the advanced metrics too. The Football Outsiders has the Saints as the number one team in in DVOA this year. They had the number seventh ranked offense, and now keep that in mind. That was including the games with Taysom Hill, where their offense didn't look nearly as good. It was they were still able to win because they played some bad teams. They have their defense ranked number two overall, and they're always a really good special teams too. That's another thing that people don't you know think about special teams. You know, they're always a top five to top ten special teams each and every year. So so they don't give away points here and there. I things were so weird with Chicago this year. They start so hot and then they were terrible to the point where everybody's talking about is is Nagy going to get fired or what are they going to do? What's what Trubisky? Then they win a few games in a row and now it's like, oh, everything's great. We're going to resign Trubisky. Who knows? But you back into the playoffs. You're only eight and eight. It's been a really weird year for them. I still don't feel like. They're coming into this going, okay, awesome. Yeah, we're in the playoffs here. We're going to go beat New Orleans. I, I, I just don't know what the vibe is in that locker room. Well, they were, they were five and one, and then all of a sudden they're five and seven. They, they, they went <laughs> from like having a 90% chance of making the playoffs to having an 8% chance of making the playoffs. Yep. And then last week, all they had to do was win or if Arizona loses. So they were able to lose and still get in. But I mean, to me, they're they're the team that is entering this year's playoff sputtering. You know, yep. well, the Steelers, I think, are the other team. I, we're not going to talk about um, Sunday's but no, teams, let's, let's but talk I about like the, the Steelers Browns. a little bit because that's your that's your team. And yeah, and but they're we, sputtering, and the Bears are sputtering. Yeah, and like the Steelers who come into the playoffs, they they were a good half away from losing five in a row. Mm-hmm. 
And and who knows? You know, they would have probably played things differently last week against the Browns. You never know, right? They, if they had to, had to win that game, maybe they don't lose. Who knows? But they did not play good football for a while. They were winning games where they did not play good football, and now it's a situation where when it, when the line came out and it looked like most people were going to be around for Cleveland, it opened up at three and a half as Pittsburgh just a three and a half point favorite. It's now moved up to six because of some some. Players going to be missing with COVID They're not going to have head coach Kevin Stefanski And a couple other coaches But it it feels weird It feels like one of these situations where I think people may be overreacting a little much And it it could be like Cleveland sort of comes into this game With nothing to lose What are are the rules? Are are you allowed to coach a game via Zoom? I mean, I'm serious Like, Is he allowed to be in communication With anybody giving them play calls Or giving them strategies? Or is he... Ruled out and it's illegal for him To have any communication I mean it's not like he's Suspended he's just no. he's not There but in this in 2021 Is there the technology For him yeah. to coach from offsite I don't know Let, let's assume he's not I still think the, the Steelers Are so bad that The Browns beat them even without A few key players and without their Coach because they've just Been stinking it up and The one win against Indy I think was Zebra aided um, to say the least, that should have been a loss. And, you know, yeah, you could say, well, they only beat Mason Rudolph by two points last week. Well, that was the dress rehearsal. Cleveland knew it, too. You know, they didn't need to win by 20. Save a little something for here. You know, Baker Mayfield never never had a chance to play in a playoff game, so it's hard for me to pick against Josh Allen and knock him and saying there's too much pressure for a franchise that has never gotten out of the playoffs in a long time, and then all of a sudden say, well, Baker Mayfield can do it. But I think Baker can. I, and, and I think the matchup against the Steelers for the Browns is much better than the matchup for the Bills against the Colts. Completely agree. The pitch, the Steelers' run defense has not been good in the second half of the year either, which is what is Cleveland's strength and what they want to do. Just run, run, run the ball right at you. Big Ben has not looked great. Receiver drops. Like, People are, I think, forgetting how bad the Steelers looked for a while Because they looked pretty good for a one half coming back and beating the Colts And then everyone just assumed, oh, everything's great, we're fine And then they didn't play again next week So I, I don't know, I, it's like it's putting a lot of stock into that one half Having fixed a lot of things that seemed wrong for Pittsburgh th- Even th- throughout the year when they were winning Like they were winning games a lot of times And like... I think after the game against the Ravens Ben was like pissed off on TV when he was talking Even though they won that game And the Ravens were missing a bunch of players with Everybody with COVID. Yeah with COVID stuff And they, it was still way closer than it should have been So uh, yeah you're You are a Steelers fan You'd love to see them win by 30 here But uh, you definitely You know I, I agree in that I think Cleveland has an opportunity to win that game And keep it close And uh, I just I wasn't impressed with Pittsburgh the last Six, seven weeks of the year I'm with you And the only game we didn't talk about It's my best bet of the weekend Baltimore To just maul The diseased Tennessee Titans defense That's going to give up 50 points I, I, think, I think Baltimore so Is the uh, Is the, the You know The max out alt line Minus 20 Whatever you Whatever you can get To, to get the maximum odds on that Because they score on, on every single possession That's the offense right now That Nobody wants to play right now in the NFL. And unfortunately for Tennessee, they drew that straw <laughs> in yep. week one. And I think they're going to get steamrolled. Tennessee is 29th in defensive DVOA for football outsiders. The only teams that are worse than them in overall defense Houston, Jacksonville, and Detroit. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and they're bad. Houston. They're, they're, 
Houston shredded Tennessee. I mean, yeah, I, I kept waiting for Tennessee to pull away and get up by 20. The and then Houston just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. This is this is different than I feel like with maybe with Tampa who had like a, a soft schedule towards the end of the year because Baltimore didn't didn't beat up on a bunch of great teams although they did beat Cleveland in that really great fun Monday night football game but they like I feel like I I know I wanted to see their offense get going and two this defense they're playing is terrible they're not playing against this isn't like they made the playoffs and now they're playing against. A really good Washington defense or a New Orleans defense or uh, you know a, a, any of these defenses that are at least mediocre to good. Tennessee's defense is literally bottom five. They are bad. This is this has put up our shut up time. No excuses time for Baltimore. They got beat by this team the last two times. They shouldn't have lost to them in the regular season. They were up early and they just sort of choked it away late. I think this is this is redemption time for Lamar and for and for Baltimore here. I'm with you. My that's my best bet. Dave Weaver, uh, so we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, what is your schedule like uh, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday over the weekend? What do you have going on as far as shows for the playoffs and and all that moving forward? So we we recorded this morning and we uh, we aired on on TVG this morning with more ways to win, and that'll rerun on some local networks throughout the the country. We um, pop up on some markets where sports betting's allowed. We buy like half hour time slots in New York and Pennsylvania and Chicago. So the, the show a- actually gets a little bit more eyeballs than than just TVG this year. And then you can watch it uh, fanduel.com slash stream is like a live stream where you can watch the show as well. But I'm done for the week as far as um, having to, oh, nice. to do there you go. anything. So you're you're the last one I'm talking oh, to about thank any you. of these games. Go crack the beers open now. Exactly. You can, you can relax. You saw my last tweet where I had the uh, shirt on that says – Forecast for the weekend. Course tracing with a chance of drinking. That's I me. Think that's, I think that's more <laughs> than a chance. I would, yeah, I would forecast that as a hundred percent. And a great gift from uh, from the wifey, right? I saw that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Awesome stuff. Oh, yeah, so it would be a fun weekend to just watching football and not not having to work. You know how rare that is. Yeah, well, uh, Netley, Sophie, hope everybody's doing great. Uh, give the family right. some love, and uh, I miss you, buddy. Hopefully, when things calm down a little bit, we'll get a chance to uh, to catch up and go get a beer and have some dinner sometime soon. Thank you so much. Milo's first or second um, playoffs. This so is this is really second, a second because right? he was born in like in November last year. But yeah, so this is his second run through the football playoffs. But it, uh, yeah, he's starting to figure things out now. Like he'll sit down for a little while and actually end up watching and like get hooked in like a, a basketball or a football because he just likes this when things are sure. moving. Moving around, great colors, it's it's great. So uh, we'll have him uh, wagering on games and talking on that's what G said, uh, and not too uh, long, just like you were doing with Sophie. So yeah, last uh, year didn't count for him. This is the last, first real year. Real year, yeah. Now he knows what's going on. So thanks so much, buddy. Always great talking to you. Uh, I'll talk to you over the weekend, and uh, we'll have to catch up again real soon. All right. Good luck. Thanks. That is Dave Weaver. Ice cold, Dave Weaver. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here on That's What G Said. We'll be back with plenty more. Don't go anywhere. Big thanks to Dave for helping us out with those uh, first few football games. Really, we ended up getting to to most of all of them um, with uh, some thoughts on some of the other Sunday games, too. Before we get into the other half of the games with Eric, we're going to talk a little about SarahCandles.com. All-natural soy wax candles. They are better 
for you. None of those toxins, those carcinogens, those pollutants that are in a lot of the other leading candle brands. This is all natural soy wax. You use the promo code G-I-N-O. Gets you 10% off your purchase. C-E-R-A candles.com. 25 different options. Seasonal scents. Scents for any mood, any time. Three different sizes. Local small business that loves candles. They just wanted to create the, the perfect candle. And now they've been able to do that. They're sharing it with you. SarahCandles.com promo code G-I-N-O gets you 10% off your purchase. Next up, a little more NFL. We head over and talk about the Rams-Seahawks game and then the three Sunday games with Eric Etoff, 21 Sports. More football on That's What G Said. More NFL talk on That's What G Said podcast. Playoffs coming up this weekend. We talked with Dave Weaver about most of the games, but we focused in on the Saturday games. The one we didn't really talk a whole lot about was the Saturday game with the the Rams Seahawks. And because when we were recording with Dave, we still didn't really have a lot of information about golf, if he was going to play. Looks like we got a little more information. So we're going to talk about that game and the three Sunday games with our good buddy. You've heard him all throughout the year here on That's What G Said podcast. Eric, Etoff 21 Sports. How's it going, bud? It's going good, man. You know, going good. Found out the Daytona 500 is on Valentine's Day this year, so I have to figure out how to deal with that. But other than that, you know, I got no complaints, man. That's funny. I remember one time uh, I had uh, bought tickets very early on to uh, a Monday Night Raw with one of my buddies and then I started dating and it ended up being on Valentine's Day but when we bought the tickets a couple like months in advance I, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time and then I got a girlfriend and we start dating and it's like oh hey by the way I've got plans with my buddy on Valentine's Day we're going to see Monday Night Raw at the Anaheim Pond but it, she was cool she didn't she didn't mind it was just uh I remember having to 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 break that news thinking in my head like I wonder how she's going to respond here to me saying uh Monday Night Raw instead of you on Valentine's Day <laughs> I mean like I'm just Playing scenarios in my head right now how to figure <laughs> out where I can watch the day 2500. So, that, that if that's my biggest worry, I can't really complain about my life. So, I was gonna say, exactly, <laughs> it, could, it could be a lot worse. And we've got a, a six slate of playoff games coming up this weekend. So, let's talk about that, that middle Saturday game first. As I was uh, mentioning, didn't really talk a whole lot about that Rams. Uh, Seahawks game earlier because weren't sure um, the golf news. It, it sounds like golf's going to play though now. Do you, do you get that same feeling? I already locked in the Rams plus four on Tuesday because I everything I've read, everything I've heard said that golf would be playing. Yep, and it's not necessarily because of golf throwing the ball. It's because Seattle's going to have a at least to respect him throwing the ball. <laughs> if Woodford, the other guy, was going to be playing, I mean, they were going to crowd the box because he really can't throw the ball at all. Also, you have to factor in the Rams are getting back Cup, O'Lyman, and Akers is close to 100%. Yep. However, because Goff isn't 100%, I really expect McVay is going to use Akers a lot, lean on Akers a lot, run that jet sweep they likes to run with Bobby Trees, do all that to set up the play-action pass because – the deep balls, Seattle is awful defending, and I really expect that's going to be the game plan for the Rams going in on the offensive side of the ball. If you look, when you look at the Rams' defense, their defense is great. I thought yep. when Wade Phillips left, I thought the defense was going to take a huge step back. The I'm three shocked. DBs, oh, it's great. I mean, like I'm, in, I, I thought for sure they're going to struggle this year. They are playing great. 
They are top DVOA in pretty much every category there is. Mm-hmm. Their three DBs are all ranked in the top 25 of pro football focus. And when you look at Wilson's stats, the two times they played, add him up. He's thrown for less than 475 yards, only one TD, and two interceptions. And the second half of the season, Seattle is throwing the ball 6% less on early downs. That means you have to worry less about their two big playmakers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Because honestly, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, they don't scare me at all. So, I mean, I already locked in the Rams plus four. I sent that out to everyone that's a member of my betting service. And I also expect that when the news does officially break that Goff is playing, the number 42 with the over-under sitting at now is going to tick up to 42.5, maybe even a 43 if that's the case. I'm going to hit the under because I expect both teams, because this is the third time playing, to be a grimy, low-scoring game. Yep, uh, Rams ten and six straight up, nine and seven against the spread. Seattle twelve and four straight up, eight and eight against the spread. Right now, this game is at Seattle minus three and a half, minus four in some spots. But uh, I think you're right; it probably is going to go down. Uh, it's going to go. The over under will go up a little, and this number will probably go the Rams way with uh, with the the golf news. So I. At, at that number, more than a field goal in a game that I think is going to be close between two teams, absolutely. Give me, give me the uh, the what feels like a little bit of value there with the Rams. In... And plus, plus um, Jamal Adams, he's not 100%. Adams. He's he's been awesome, like unbelievable. It's really funny the way Seattle's season has gone because through the first five or six weeks, it was like Russ is the MVP. Their offense is incredible. They're just going up and down on everyone, and their defense was an absolute sieve. Like they were terrible. They couldn't stop anyone, and they they sort of a flip flopped. Like their offense efficiently has taken major steps back, but their defense has gotten much much better. So that the under feels like a, a good play in here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, and like, also like people need to remember, this isn't like a week 13 game. This is losing your out. So teams are going to definitely play games a lot closer to their chest and not take as many risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You don't want to, you don't, especially against a team like this, where you don't want to make a mistake in a situation where you're, where golf is already a little banged up and you got an awesome defense, like just let your defense keep you in the game. You're going to have to make a couple plays here, a couple drives, a couple scores, and that's probably all it's going to take to win this game. Oh, for sure. I expect I can see 2017 Rams. If gun to my head, that'd be my prediction. Let's move to Sunday. We got the Sunday morning game, Baltimore at Tennessee. Baltimore got beat by Tennessee in the uh, playoffs last year. Baltimore played Tennessee earlier this season. They got beat in a game that Baltimore had, and they completely dropped. This is uh, Baltimore minus three and a half or so right now. I see the over under at 54 and a half. They are on the road, though. They are playing Tennessee, Baltimore 11 and five, 10 and six against the spread, and Tennessee 11 and five, nine, uh, seven and nine against the spread. Ravens, they are hitting their stride. They're starting to get everyone back healthy on defense, which is huge. They have the second best scoring defense, and their offense has looked good the last six games. And Lamar is finally looking like Lamar after coming back from COVID. The big stat that stuck out to me and why I took the Ravens minus three as soon as it ticked down to that is the Ravens are averaging 191.3 yards rushing per game, which is tops in the NFL. The Titans finished the season seventh worst DOVA versus run. That is a huge advantage for the Ravens. And I really expect last year in the playoffs, the game was fluky. Like the Ravens didn't convert some fourth downs. And they outgained 
the Titans by 200 yards. And when they played earlier this season, they didn't have Everett Campbell wasn't healthy on defense. So they were missing some key pieces. So we have to remember when we're looking back at that on the defensive side of the ball, I expect the Ravens to stack eight men in the box. And you have to remember, this is why they got Campbell. They got Campbell on this team to be the run stopper against Derrick Henry. They're going to put eight men in the box, force Tannehill to beat them against the three DBs of Humphreys, Jimmy Smith, and Marcus Peters. I love the Ravens here. And also, when I'm reading all these um, previews, no one's talking about the huge special team advantage. I cannot trust the Titans kicker to kick a field goal. With the Ravens, anything shorter than 56, I know Tucker is going to make it. And then also that fake field goal, how the living hell did the Titans not realize last week that A.J. McLaren was back there in the pump formation and it wasn't going to be a fake. That blows my mind. There is a huge special teams advantage. So I definitely like the Ravens minus the three. Also, 55. 55 is a huge number in the playoffs. I expect both teams to ground and pound the ball. Ravens because they want to keep Derrick Henry off the field. And I expect the Titans to do the same because Vrabel realizes how shitty his defense is. You were mentioning the special teams difference, just using that metric that we've been talking about a little bit, DVOA from uh, Football Outsiders. Baltimore's two in special teams, Tennessee's 28. That's so, insane. It, Baltimore's awesome. You're right. They just they don't give points away uh, with with Tucker and, and with the field position game that they're able to play. And Tennessee, is their defense is so bad on both sides. You were talking about the run. Their pass defense is atrocious too, which means Lamar doesn't have to be as good or as pinpoint Accurate in that type of a situation Right he can you, you don't have these Lockdown corners there at Tennessee who who, who make It the, the small margin of error For you to succeed that's not the case when you're playing Against them I agree I, I think this, this feels like a great spot for For Baltimore here and I just the Tennessee Defense I just cannot trust this is a team That you and I have been playing against all year long And they should be Worse than their record is they probably Have three more losses on Their schedule than they should than they had I mean, they won last week because the field goal boinked in. I mean, that, is a, in. That, that was amazing to me. I like the, the amount of stuff that has gone this team's way the last two years. It's just a matter of time before it just bounces the other way. Yep. And same thing. Like they can, they can run the ball well with Henry, but if you get down a little bit, which I don't, can they continue to stay with that if Baltimore's moving the ball? I just, I got a feeling Baltimore is is going to really play well in this spot too. I, 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 they're a three and a half. You know, you mentioned you got the number at three. At three and a half is obviously not nearly as good of a number as three, but if anything like under four to five, I would probably, I definitely would lean Baltimore. I just can't, I, I can't play Tennessee here. I, and, I can't. And also the Ravens, not the Ravens, excuse me, the Titans offense, and they showed that last year against the uh, Chiefs in the playoffs. It's not built to come from behind. If the Ravens can get up a quick 10-0, this game is over in my eyes. Just because they're just not built to come from behind. Granted, they made a run in the Browns game. That was garbage. And that was garbage, yeah, but, though. But I mean, the Browns are playing prevent defense. Exactly. I mean, the Browns weren't really doing anything. So that I mean, was you garbage. Can't, time. You can't like look into that. I think 
I think the Ravens roll roll in this game like a twenty four to ten. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in uh, in Baltimore in that spot. Also, uh, we go to the middle game on Sunday. It is the Bears at the New Orleans Saints. This is the biggest point spread of all the NFL games in the, the week one of the playoffs. The Saints are now a ten point favorite. The over under is about forty seven. The Bears are eight and eight, eight and eight against the spread. Saints are twelve and four, nine and seven against the spread. In the past, I have made some serious coin fading the Saints in the playoffs because every year the Saints have the best roster in the NFC and they underachieve. What makes me think this is going to be different? Absolutely nothing. You have Kamara who may or may not be coming back. And by the way, Kamara is an idiot for going to the nightclub. You can yeah. wait a couple weeks to see some titties, dude. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. And, I mean, oh, he's an idiot. And you have no idea how COVID 19 is going to affect him. With Lamar, it hasn't affected Lamar at all. But with Cam Newton, you can obviously see Cam wasn't the same player post-COVID as he was pre-COVID. So you don't know how that's going to affect Kamara. That Number two, what are you going to get from Mike Thomas? Like, he has this alleged ankle injury, but I just always found it weird that he had this magical ankle injury as soon as Drew Brees was coming back. I really think with what happened in the um, – preseason with the breeze and the standing for the anthem and everything and him and thomas went at it a little bit on uh, twitter i really think there's some underlining issues in there that led to the fight that was in to the um the practice yeah Yeah. so i i think there's some underlining issues here so i can't back the saints especially when, when they're laying a double digit number almost even if though it's at home and against the bears now i look at the bears the bears have been great on offense and that's because lasers took over and he's finally running the ball with David Montgomery to set up the pass, but the Saints are second DVOA against the run, so I really think Montgomery's going to struggle here. So it all comes down, if you're betting aside, can you trust Mitch Trubisky? And I'm going to be, I'm just going to say it, Trubisky against the Texans won me so much money in in DFS. I'll never forget that. I mean, there's certain weeks in DFS. I'm always going to, he's always going to have a special place in my heart. Always (laughs) will have a special place in my heart. But I cannot. This is not the Texans in this situation. However, though, I do think since the Bears secondary has some issues, the Saints will be able to score points. Since the Saints are going to be able to score points, because this is a one and gun situation, I expect Laser and Nagy to take more chances on offense to go for stuff more and to kind of push the pedal more. So I do expect this game to be a little bit more higher scoring than people think. I have already locked in the over 47. I see this one as like a 35, 35 Saints put up 35. I can see the Bears put up anywhere from 21 to 28 points. That's so funny when we did the prediction of this game a little bit earlier because Dave likes this game. We talked about what we thought and we said something like 37 to 20. So we were really we're all right in the same ballpark as far as where we see this game. I agree. I think the the overs is a good play in here too. I I just wouldn't want to lay the 10 because it's such a bad like a bad situation to get backdoored, right? To be up 16 or 17 and then Chicago scores a late touchdown and then you 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 lose and New Orleans wins by 9 and you don't cover. So, and I don't feel confident enough in the Bears, but I do feel confident enough in, in both these teams I think scoring some points at that number there of 47. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think we're both uh, on the over on this side. The Final game of the weekend Just a bummer Because uh, I was so pumped for Cleveland For their fans It's taken 20 years to get into the playoffs They finally are there They have to you know, have a, a, a suffer through some painful moments last week Where it almost looked like they, ha- they had a chance to lose that game But they, they get the big first down late They're in And now we find out 
No Kevin Stefanski They're going to be missing a, a key offensive lineman They had 17 players over the last two weeks On and off uh, the COVID list With different issues um, It Unfortunately it's just not the best way For Cleveland to be going into the playoffs On the road against one of their rivals For their first playoff game in uh, almost two decades First of all I have to say this Like After I was on last week I got so many DMs questioning me About my take on Stefanski and I just want to say, last week's game against the Steelers kind of illustrated my issue, my issues with Skifansky. Because you look at how the game went. First series of the game, Chubb, 11-yard run, 3-yard run, 47-yard touchdown run. Next series, Chubb's out. No, Chubb wasn't even on the field. Punt the ball. Series after, Chubb comes back on. Primary running back in that series. Drive all the way down to the 5, kick the field goal. Next series, no Chubb. Why is he cycling running backs? Like, Chubb is a top three running back. Kareem Hunt, yeah, he's top 20, but he's nowhere near Nick Chubb level. So no. that's my issue with Skafanski because I like I literally had eight people DM me questioning me about my Skafanski take last week. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> now, now, let's look at the game. My parents were hard asses, are, are still hard asses. And they had, when I was young, they had this saying they'd always tell me. They were always saying, winners win, they don't make excuses. These last two weeks, all it showed me is that the Browns right now, and that's not saying they can develop into winners later on, but right now where they are, they are not winners. You look at the game versus the Jets. They had zero business losing that game. I don't care that they didn't have any wide receivers. You still have Nick Chubb, who only ran the ball 11 times, caught the ball Caught the ball five times And you're having Mayfield throw the ball 53 times Is that really their formula to win? No And then last week they're playing the Steelers team Steelers are basically sitting out Anyone of any relevance to the team And they needed They almost lost Is there a two point point conversion away from tying the game Mason Rudolph I mean they He threw for 300 yards You know 300 yards, two TDs And the Browns players are on the sidelines Jumping around like they won the Super Bowl I mean, like, the whole way this team acts, you have um, Higgins and the offensive lineman worse drag racing. That's how they're preparing for the first playoff game in God knows how many years. All this COVID breaking out. And then you just look at the pure matchup. Steelers are really good at getting the quarterback. Guess what quarterback has a 47 completion percentage when facing pressure? Baker Mayfield. And then you factor in all these, um, the COVID stuff. No Skafanski. Skafanski's calling plays. Skafanski was calling plays. Now Van Pelt is calling plays. How is he going to react when stuff gets off script? If, he, like, the Steelers get up a quick 14 0, 14 3, 10 0. I mean, we, we never see somebody yeah. having to call plays for the first time in a playoff game. We, yeah, I mean, when, when it, can you imagine when, like, has that ever happened? Like, maybe if a coach was sick or something, but when, when would somebody ever be calling plays for a particular group for the first time of the year in a playoff game? And it's totally different. And, like, I don't know if you remember this, but it was maybe, like, four or five years ago, the Texans were playing somebody on a Sunday night game, and that's the game where Kubiak fell down and, like, had, like, a heart issue. Mm -hmm. And he was calling plays. Someone else started calling plays for the Texans, and the offense looked completely different. That's the only, like, tangent that I could find when I started thinking of the situation. And then also you have to, like, how you become comfortable with people, communicating with people. I mean, hell, I've been coming on this and talking to you since February of last year. Mm -hmm. When you and I first started talking, you and I weren't used to talking to each other. So we'd constantly be interrupting. And now you're right. You, you, you know what I mean? Now it's <laughs> yeah. like you and I just flow. 
And like, how is Mayfield going to have, you know, is he going to misunderstand? Is he going to have that communication flow? There's just way too many questions here. I like the Steelers and I'm pissed at myself for not not locking in the minus four. I locked it in at minus six after the Skafanski news. I think the Browns are just happy to be there. They're missing all offensive linemen, like you said, and it's just a bad matchup for them. And it's the third time the Steelers playing them. The Steelers offense, what they started doing against the Colts is they started taking shots down the field and that opened up the offense more. And also with the Browns, they had a negative 11 point differential this year. How is that possible with 11 wins? <laughs> Got the crap kicked out of them a few times against good teams. And one of them uh, against this Pittsburgh team, the, if, if this number got to seven, I might, I might dive in backwards to the Browns as an overreaction and, and being too much. I don't think they're going to be able to win this game. I really don't. I, I wonder if Pittsburgh from, uh, and now because it's the playoffs, I don't know if Pittsburgh's going to quote unquote take them lightly, but it's one of those situations where when you're, you kind of think you're playing an undermanned team, you sort of don't feel like you have to do as much. And I, I would I honestly if they were healthy I was going to play the Browns against the Steelers and and now I I don't think with with the Stefanski stuff and him just not being around like that is a huge that's as as, as important as like a key player on your team this guy who is like you said he struggled the last couple of weeks but he was he's the reason this team is here with what he's done for them with with putting their players in good situations most of the year um make you said maybe Maybe Cleveland with Van Pelt can can sort of have a different type of offense and maybe a, a little bit different than what Pittsburgh is expecting. I um, I, it's like I want to play the Browns. I really do because I've rooted for them most of the year. And you and I were you were definitely against them last year, and then much more higher on them bouncing back this year with like at least an adult in the room with Stefanski. I just um. I just don't think they're coming into this game with like at this point with this number at six. I'd have to get it at seven and a half to where I could I could. Lose by a touchdown and still cover with the Browns there I just If they're down early They're going to be in some big trouble But I mean your comment was it Hit on the head There's no adult in the room right now You know what I mean Like Think about when you're a kid Like your mom and dad left Okay let's tear the house up Let's have a party You know Substitute I mean? teacher comes yeah. in and it's just different right You know like when the teacher's gone it's, you're, you're, you're right and, um, So yeah it's, this, I, I feel bad for them and I guess on the other side, it's it's Pittsburgh. This is a great spot for Pittsburgh because they're playing an undermanned team. Like in any other matchup, I probably would have played against Pittsburgh. They only had like one good half of football in the last month and a half. That second half against Indy. Other than that, they played like crap most of the games. And then last week's game against the Browns, it's kind of hard to gauge because they weren't even really playing. They 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 overachieved for who was actually on the field. But leading up to that Colts game and even the first half of that game, Pittsburgh had been really, really bad. I was I was sort of kind of high on playing against them. They just they've got the most perfect matchup in the most perfect spot against an undermanned team and understaffed coaching staff, uh, Cleveland. And um um it's like I, I like I said, I, I'd need the number to move more to the seven and a half range for me to actually jump in. And then also, I'm not a trends guy. I am the furthest thing from a trends better. But when I read this stat, I blew my mind. First time quarterbacks starting against a veteran, a, mul- a person that started multiple times in the playoffs was 13 and 22 against the spread, yeah. which is mind boggling. And. I don't think one was, I don't think they've the Browns have won like in 18 years at Heinz Field when they played there I think it was week 6 or 7 of this year 
the spread, because everyone was high on the Browns, got all the way down to three. And the steel, I think the score was like 38 to seven. The Steelers won. They it was killed a complete them. blowout. Um, the Browns, I've said this before when I've been out here, they're that team. They're going to beat teams they should and lose to better teams. They're just, you know what I mean? They just got. And they, they did. And that's why they're yeah. in the playoffs because they, they at least did that, except for the Jets game this year. They at least did that. They beat the teams they were supposed to. They didn't lose games like last year and the years past that they were. But the, you, they played with the Ravens, but they still didn't win that game. They have to prove, and and you know the Titans and Colts. Do you want to call them good or mediocre teams? They're they're solid teams, but they have to prove they can beat a good can team, a Bills, a Kansas City, a Pittsburgh. In this situation, um, they they it's they still have to prove it. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, third time that that we'll be seeing a Browns Pittsburgh game this year they split but again last week uh, Pittsburgh didn't have Roethlisberger and was sitting a lot of their starters so I, I thought the the matchups this week are all pretty darn good normally especially with an extra you know extra teams making it it didn't feel too watered down you know Washington obviously has a losing record the Bears aren't anything world beaters but there's always a year where there's a bad division or so and really Washington has a, a pretty good defense at least they like a defense that can probably keep them in that game a little bit yeah and also I like this is the third time and that a losing team has made it and I I believe like a couple times a team with a losing record is one Seattle beat the Saints yeah, at home Seattle yep. beat the Saints that was like the very is, beginning of Pete Carroll yeah. coming in mm-hmm. yeah and I mean like that game for me like really Quickly, like how I look at that game, I think that game's going to be a little closer than people think and low scoring. I just because I really like Chase Young and Washington's ability to get to Brady and to hurry him up. Brady has been doing better on the deep throws, but Washington defends the deep ball pretty well. I think Washington's defense is going to be able to keep him in that game. Yep, I completely agree. And if, if Smith can at least be serviceable. Manageable yeah. there Not turn the ball over He's given them the best opportunity to win So I, I like the slate I mean the Colts-Buffalo game to start Those are two really good teams You know the Colts could yeah. they, The Colts could keep that game Buffalo's playing great The Colts could keep, keep that game close I, I love the slate this weekend Eric I really appreciate you g- uh, Giving us so much of your time All throughout the season We'll bring you back next week To talk playoffs And then uh, you and I discussed Once the NFL season's done uh, Having like a, a weekly uh, NBA segment Where we can talk uh, each week About some of the teams How they've been over the last week Maybe some players to look for In fantasy and DFS And maybe uh, preview some of the weekend games So um, uh, we'll be we'll be talking football the next few And then when that's over We'll, we'll transition right into NBA Sounds good man Looking forward to it Give us uh, your plugs one more time. Where can we find you? Social media and uh, podcast. You can find me at Etoff21Sports on uh, Twitter and Instagram. My website, Etoff21Sports21, has all my betting tracking. I put out power rankings, fantasy football rankings. Um, put out little blogs. Had one the other week where I listed the rank, my personal rankings of the job openings and the pros and cons of each NFL job opening. Always great work from Eric Thank you so much buddy Uh, Good luck this weekend I'll be going back and forth with you Sounds good looking forward to it Eric Etoft 21 Sports Make sure to give him a follow there on social media Don't go anywhere folks we will be back with Plenty more on That's What G Said Big thanks to Eric As you heard we're going to be talking NFL The next couple weeks and Eric will be joining me After the NFL season for a weekly NBA segment where we Talk about what's been going on over the last week And preview everything coming up for Each weekend before we Move into horse racing want to talk uh, About 
Cindy Carava at cindycarava.com, a full-service realtor. She's been one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast. And if you ever need anything in the world of real estate, you got to get in touch with Cindy Carava. It's such a stressful event when you're moving, and she, being a full-service realtor, can help you in many different ways, selling, purchasing, leasing. She can help you find a vendor, handyman, painters, landscapers, gardeners that she personally uses in her own home. If you need help getting pre-approved for a loan, she can connect you with a lender that she works closely with and can highly recommend. Covering all parts of the San Gabriel Valley, parts of North San Diego, County, Del Mar, Solana Beach, Rancho, Santa Fe. Maybe you're just curious to see how much your home is worth. She can do a free market analysis of your home's value. You can find uh, information about her Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, reviews on uh, Yelp and Zillow, or the website cinecarava.com. All of the contact information there. Make sure to let her know that Gino sent you. Moving along, and we are going to head to Saturday. We're going to talk some horse racing, and first up, it's going to be Gabe Vartanian. Gabe and I became buddies uh, over the last couple years um, talking on, on social media, and Gabe is the creator of a group on Facebook called the Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group which I'm a part of, and it's really cool. It's a a group where if you're someone who is maybe new or you're just um, looking for some question to ask some questions in the world of horse racing, this is a great space for you. I think there's almost 5,000 people in the group now, and the the part of the group that I really like that we talk about it with Gabe, there's no bullying, no insulting, none of that. Gabe's very good about keeping an eye on everything. That's that's what you have to agree to when you join the group. So it's a real safe space for, for questions. You can post selections and stuff and not worry about getting made fun of. You can learn. I'm learning from people there every day. So let's talk about the Live and Breathe Racing Group with Gabe. And we're also going to handicap Santa Anita races 8 and 9 for Saturday the two stakes races at Santa Anita so get those past performances out for January the 9th, we're going to talk some Santa Anita with Gabe Next up is a first time guest on That's What G Said Podcast, someone I've become very close with over the last couple years online talking races on social media here and there, talking sports uh, someone who wagers on all sports and and very good when it comes to horse racing and he has a a really cool group that he created on Facebook that we're going to talk about we're also going to talk about Santa Anita on Saturday, a couple graded stakes races there and we're going to get a best bet from Gabe Bartanian Gabe, how you doing buddy? I'm doing good. How are you, my man? Oh, great. Thanks for joining me. It's been a while. We've been talking about doing this for a, a while and uh, the beginning of the new year now at Santa Anita. I know you're someone who likes the SoCal races, too. You bet all over, but it seems like Santa Anita going to the track uh, is is something that you love. Yeah. So I felt like Santa Anita would be the perfect time for us to link up. Um, give give the folks out there a little background on you. How did you get into horse racing? Give us some of, uh, some of your history. Well, it's pretty simple. My father owned horse racing owned horses even before I was even born. So my father was a horse owner. So I basically grew up at the track. I was been going to the track my whole entire life, even went to Caliente in Mexico when I was a child, been to all the Southern California tracks, even the fairs when we had all the fairs up North going and Fresno and all that. So I've been to all the tracks in California and basically just grew up on the track, grew up on horses um, watched my dad do his thing. My dad was a very good handicapper as well. He hit a uh, numerous pick sixes over $30,000. Um, he was known at the track as one of the better handicappers. 
and I'm just trying to be half as good as he is. <laughs> That's right. We all, it's for a lot of us, it's mom or dad or grandpa or someone, mm-hmm. uncle that, that took us and that showed us. Same thing for me. It was, it was my dad who, who helped me and who showed me the ropes. And, and so you've just um, become someone who is paying attention to racing all the time. You're watching tracks at all levels from low level stuff earlier in the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to the biggest, the greatest stakes races. And so what your horse, your interest in horse racing did is it, it got you over to Facebook to create a Facebook group. And a lot of people create Facebook groups and for whatever their specific interest is for their topic uh, that they want to discuss with a lot of their friends. But what I like a lot about this group, Gabe, and, and why I, I post the most um, in this group and I'm the most active in there. And I love uh, the yeah. just the threads and following along is it's a very very positive encouraging group. It's horse racing can be a little overwhelming, especially for a new person, right? Exactly. Like numbers, all these things. Like we open up the form, there's and and you, you lose once or twice, and somebody's calling you stupid online because you're posting mm-hmm. something that's wrong. It's just not easy to to start to learn and get into. This group is the most perfect place for learning for. Fun that's why I started. That's right? why I started because I had numerous newbies, uh, people interested in horse racing, um, even come up to me in person, like in Vegas or in Reno or wherever I've traveled. You know, because they see me at the track or they, they'll see me at the race book, and I'll be with my iPad with the form, so they kind of <laughs> know I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, so they'd come up to me, and I had numerous people tell me, you know. I wanted to go on the chat room, but it looks so intimidating. You guys are always fighting and, and arguing with each other. And, and then I see p- new people that like they'll post a pick and it loses and everybody makes fun of them. So I was like, you know what? We need to have start a new group on Facebook where people where there's zero tolerance for that. Absolutely yep. zero tolerance. If you bash anybody, you make fun of anybody for losing a bet, you're gone. And it's not like we're trying to be, you know, really strict on everything, but there's needs. We, we need the uh, newbies and people new to the game because we need to build on that. You there, know what I mean? Yeah, there's a cr- critical conversation is one thing, right? There's there's a yeah. there's help in saying people are saying, oh, hey, this is what maybe you should do, or and 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 what it does is it. Encourages people to ask more questions Because yes. I, I love when I open up in the morning And there's a, a somebody that says Hey I, I'm, I'm playing over at this track today Does anybody else play in there Or hey I have a question about this particular horse Or this does anyone know And then there'll be a bunch of responses From people all over that have worked in racing That are have worn different hats in racing That mm-hmm. know for first hand experience And it was it was really refreshing to see that And a lot of it comes down to you honestly Like you do a really good job of monitoring that And we're not yeah. saying that it's It's not all Not everything is fluff, happy-go-lucky Positive all the time, right? If there's someone yeah, that gave a bad ride or something yeah. We're going to talk about that That That's fine But it's just a place where you as a, as a handicapper Don't have to feel like you You don't have to feel embarrassed to post anything mm-hmm. You don't have to feel embarrassed exactly. to ask a question Or to feel You don't have to feel stupid for anything Because there are no stupid questions Especially in a sport that's this difficult And even somebody like me who's experienced And been in this game my whole life I even endured that in other groups And I'm sure you have and other oh, people of course. as well Yeah, and it's great I, I love being someone Like I've experienced horse racing In a 
more so uh, coverage on TV at TVG, Elite Racing Network, covering it for different places. Not mm-hmm. as much of as a horseman. I've been around the track and stuff. But so what I like is when people ask questions that I know I can answer. I can tell them things that I've experienced on TVG or or when I've had to cover races. And then on the flip side, I love when there's questions that I have that are answered. Oh, I didn't know about this in the mornings and that workout or this horse yeah. or that. It's it's so much, which is really, really great. And there's all these different people that just seem like they're all in the group for the same reason. They're there to help, and mm-hmm. they're there to to try to to grow the sport, which is all what we want to do. We love the sport, yeah, exactly. And that's been my goal for as long as I could recall. I mean, when I'm ever I'm at the racetrack, uh, I try to be the best ambassador I can. I see people look, you know, confused, and it's you know, think about it. I mean, it's a very confusing game. I yeah. mean, once. Once you first get into it, you know, it looks like um, Chinese language. You know, it, there's it, so many di- there's a whole um, vocabulary that you need to learn. There's, there's numbers, there's words, there's numbers. so you see letters here, abbreviations. You don't know yeah, what's what's that L, you know, yeah. for Lasex, you know, what's that G for gelding? You know, there's just so many acronyms and and just so many it's there's so much to learn. And I always say, and this is my thought. I always say it really takes a good four years to learn horse racing if you're doing it consistently. It's similar to a college degree. You know, yeah, you it should, takes a good know, four like, years yeah, to really learn the sport. There's aspects. You're going to start handicapping, and then you're going to learn about watching replays, watching workouts, mm-hmm. visually stuff with horses, how they look when they come out on the track. And then you're going to look and learn about some of the numbers and the stats for you when you're looking at jockey trainer combos or how oh, certain exactly. trainers do on certain layoffs and this and that. There's just, it's a world to unlock. And it's, it's very, over, it is. And it's, it's very overwhelming if you, if you, don't have the people around, like the the people around you to help you, and and a lot of us have. You know, you had your dad, I had my dad, and mm-hmm. and family members, and my grandpa, and and so you know, think about it how 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 difficult it would be to try to jump right into something without any sort of help or any background or someone to sit there and, and not hold your hand but help you along and and answer the questions you have. Yeah, that's like that's what Live and you. Breathe does. That's what this yeah. group does for you. Exactly. And we have a lot of trainers, we have a lot of owners, we have a lot of people that are, you know, inside the game that give very fruitful information as well. And I've learned a lot as well. You I know, do every day, every yeah, day, every day. I'm learning something new from a trainer and an owner. He's, a, you know, mentioning this and that. So, and I'm just, you know, uh, you know, another reason why Live and Breathe on Facebook uh, started was also because I just didn't want to. I was just tired of always fighting. Not that mm-hmm. I was fighting, but I'm a person who, if somebody talks to me, I'm going to talk to them back. And just I, so many times people would talk to me, you know, and, and be disrespectful. And then I ended up being disrespectful back. And I was just, you know what? I would like a clean slate. Just start this group. Hopefully it takes off. And hopefully we could have an atmosphere where it's positive. The majority positive. You're yeah. not going to have a hundred percent. No, but, but- but that's the goal, and when that's the goal, and everybody understands that going in, we're all there to help each other out, right? Yeah. We're we're on the same team here. We're we're playing against each other, but we're fans and we're customers, and we all want we all want to win. We all want to do well. We all want to learn, and it, it's great. Like it's it's it. You like I said, you'll learn specifics as far as hey, who who does everybody like in these races throughout the day, and then you're gonna learn just general handicapping angles that you can take with you and use next week or next month or a year from now when you mm-hmm. see that same situation come up it's it's a great job man you do you do a really great job with it 
And I'm a, I'm a big fan of the group and, and that I mean I wanted to bring you on to talk some racing Which we're going to talk Santa Anita in yeah. a second But the, the, the reason why is because You know the, the group is just it's especially nowadays in this climate, right? We've seen 2020 was crazy. 2021's already yeah. been crazy. We don't have to get into the specifics, but you it's already just see that I and I remind everyone, please let's not talk no about politics. politics. There's no politics in the group. Zero there's politics. not even there's none, and there's not even really much of other sports stuff. You know, you'll get some football, like, but it's just it's horse racing, yeah. and it's horse racing for people that are playing every day at all levels and that are are really into the game and that that love it. And it's uh, if that sounds like you. You definitely want to check out this group. So, how do people out there that are listening, if they're interested in in this group, how do they uh, how do they get involved? Well, all they do is go onto Facebook, look up groups, uh, type in "Live and Breathe Horse Racing," and it should pop right up. Uh, it, on November third of two thousand nineteen, we had a race named after us, the Santa Anita. That was great, right? Santa Anita, and uh, Tis Magician, who's a really nice horse, uh, ended up running second in that race. And uh, he's having a good career. Yep, he just came and back and won the other day. Yeah, he just came back and won the other day. And um, so all you have to do is just look up "Live and Breathe," and then um, there's a three questions we ask just to make sure you're not spam or uh, you know a computer or something. And um, then we'll approve you, and you could talk to us and ask any question you'd like, uh, or just be uh, someone who's lurking around and, and read information that way. Share any picks that you have with us Share any of your insight with us We'd love to hear from you Friendships are made here And l- different things You never know who's watching Like I said, I've I've seen some really sharp, smart people I think from, honestly, I think I saw Paul Bovey Start posting in there a few different times And then him and I started interacting a lot And I've had him on the shows talking football Yeah, just exactly. such a sharp dude And it's it's just how things like that work well, Paul, it's a, Paul Bovey's my friend first so. Yeah <laughs> like, He's my friend first, not you uh, <laughs> he's, he's a great guy oh, I yeah, love Paul Bovey he's, he's You're so listening great. out there, Paul You know I love you, man You're he's my so, friend he's, Yeah, he's yeah, awesome He's a good dude Real and sharp, real sharp it it's it it works. The the group really works, folks. So um, make sure to give it a look there. And at the in a few minutes, there's going to be a contest that we're going to have for members of that group. So you have to be a member of that group before yeah. Saturday. If you're listening and you want to join in the next day or two, make sure to do that right away. And we're going to give you the details of that contest in a second. But right now, let's do a little handicapping. I asked Gabe to to, to look at Sandy uh, Santa Anita for. Saturday there are two graded stakes races That the fields are okay they could They could be a little formful but because Of that I also asked him to give me a, Another best bet on the card somewhere throughout So we'll uh, we'll start with the two stakes Races and then we'll get his other uh, his other play Following so we've got the lock and yada Gabe in, in race number eight if you're Out there listening and you're following along with your past performances We're looking at Santa Anita mm-hmm. for Saturday January the 9th this is a Grade three they're going to be going a mile and a 16th there Phillies and mares four year olds And upwards we have a couple horses who were really consistent and were really good in graded stakes races, and they faced each other over and over and over again last year. That's hard not to love and fighting mad. Both of them are really quality. Uh, fighting mad got the better of hard not to love when they faced each other a few times, but neither one of them has run since September. So a little bit of a layoff to deal with for both of those top two. Yeah. Um, I would also like to mention that hard not to love. Um... I think, you know, he likes Santa Anita more than Del Mar. Yeah, no, that's I, a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. And also, uh, the how about the jockey change to Gonzalez? That's an interesting jockey change because, you know, this horse is blind from one eye and, and, you know, has problems and so forth. So, and I know Mike Smith, you know, would coax her along 
you know, I would watch it on TVG because she would have problems in the paddock and stuff, you know, with anxiety and stuff. So it's interesting that this horse has a new jockey. And uh, she, yeah, and Gonzalez is what we've seen. We've seen some of the the jocks from NoCal come down to SoCal. One that you and I have talked about in uh, a big thread in the Live and Breathe group about Hernandez and how oh, unbelievable. Hernandez, how good is he? He has been. Um, Gonzalez has been excellent here. Even Cedillo uh, and some of them who have sort of become the mainstays in this uh, mm-hmm. SoCal jockeys room, they've been excellent. So yeah, you, you get a hungry rider jumping aboard, hard not to love, and then you've got Fighting Mad who is. Is a little more speedy than hard not to love uh, yeah. She's quick. She's quicker early so she's going to Probably be out front um, There might be a, a little bit Of other speed in here though so um, How do yeah, you message I think message yeah. And, and maybe Miss Stormy D is pretty Ms. quick Stormy too D. She's not as, as classy but she's definitely Pretty fast who who do you uh, Who do you look for and, and how do you kind of See this race shaping up Well you know with all the speed in this race I was Hoping that um, hard not to love would Maybe I'm hoping, but you never know. You never know how jockeys and and connections are, you know, are going to, what kind of plan they have. But I'm going to try to go with Hard Not to Love on top Mm -hmm. because I think uh, there's a jockey upgrade from Mike Smith to Gonzalez. I know people are going to be laughing at that. And we're not here to bash and all that. Um, But I think Gonzalez is better than Mike Smith right now. And also, I think there's a lot of speed to go with Fighting Mad. Message, Cineas, um, Stormy D, all of those. So when I, my selection in here is Hard Not to Love on top. I think Hard Not to Love is going to win. I think Fighting Mad will battle and stay there for second. And then I think for third, never be enough with Tiago will get up there and uh, pass tired horses to run yeah. third. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned her too because she's a real wild card in here. You know, um, yeah, we just she, she really she's done very little wrong throughout her career. I think we can make an easy excuse for the two back race and just say, okay, she didn't want to go that far. Uh, uh, you know, and and yeah, I threw that race out. Yeah, and, and even because even the other mile and three ace race just seemed you know a little too a little too far. And this is much more in her wheelhouse. It's just, is she going to take to the dirt? If she does. She definitely should be passing some tired horses And I think I would I would be using her too in some spots um, I, I agree with your assessment of Preferring hard not to love over fighting mad Of those two because I think fighting mad Maybe softened up a little from some other speed The horse who I might uh, I might end up playing I'll probably make my top selection in here But I will use uh, along with uh, hard not to love And and maybe even never be enough Is, uh, is Sanus I'm hoping that she sits a little bit and and I'm thinking that she might be able to sit third if Miss Stormy D and if uh, Fighting Mad end up going maybe fourth if Message is right there in front of her and then she could be a horse who sits behind them. Now I'm not sure. I don't know if if the plan is going to be to go, but but she did yeah. sit pretty nicely last time out. Off when you when you go back and watch the race at Churchill, she was able to stalk and. She was a clear cut second behind Finite. Finite came over and ran in the Malibu. Didn't start, didn't break well, ended up finishing fourth, was okay. But Finite's a nice animal. So yeah, I know, it's still a nice horse. Yeah. And so Sanus, I think when you look at overall her form too, she's really only got two poor races. They were both going really long in Chile against the boys and mm-hmm. in grade one, group one situation. So if you excuse those two, she's pretty consistent. And this might be the time where she could. Beat hard not to love and fighting mad if they're just a little bit short, maybe because they haven't raced in a few months, and yeah. maybe there's a little that's other a, speed. That's a good point. Yeah, and maybe there's a little other speed in here. She's a she's a horse with some current races and some current form. So I think your selection has some upside too. Yeah, fourth career start in the country. 
probably getting more acclimated to America to, to McCarthy too. She seems like she's yeah. improving, which I like too. She stepped forward in each of her um, yeah. U.S. starts. Her buyer so figures I, went up seventy-seven, yep. eighty-three, eighty-nine. Mm-hmm. So one more step forward. Probably doesn't put her too far out. Does she need to improve to get the better of the top couple in here? Sure, but I'm I'm hoping that with the the way I'm projecting her trip, she might be able to fall into a, a really good spot there. That's Sanus. Yeah, I mean that that's what you got to do if you're going to get money. You got to look at the, you know, the, what's not obvious. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know? and, I mean, I, I'm picking obvious because I mean, you you asked me of this race and it looks like it's no, it a chalky race. I have but... hard not to love second, and I completely agree. I think that she might be, you you might be able to get. Just double the price, triple the price on Sanus, and then and to mm-hmm. me that might be enough to take a little shot on her on top over Hard Not to Love, just getting a little more value. Yeah, I would gets... like to watch the tote on that. I want to see if she gets some action. Three. That might mean she's dangerous. She, yep, absolutely. We uh, we move and those a... workouts look good too. I, I like plenty plenty to like about Sanus there. So uh, we move to the La Cienegas race number nine, which is a six furlong turf sprint. We've got a. A new shoot, not not in this race, nothing to, about that. But we've got a sort of a new turf course that I think still uh, has some some things to be worked out. We'll we'll talk about mm-hmm. that another day. This one's just the regular six for a long turf course here, and it looks like there are two in particular that are going to take a lot of money. You have uh, Jolie Olympica, who is just awesome. She's done so little wrong in her career. Oh, I she's, love her. She's raced seven times. She's got five wins and two seconds. She's never been worse than second, and those were losses to get to really nice horses. You've got Oleksandra, who was only six to one in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. She won a Grade One a couple starts back, and then uh, you have an up-and-coming horse like Lighthouse, who will probably also take a, a little bit of money there. It feels like those are kind of the three. I think you have to start with at least from a conversation point in this race. Yeah, who was the other one you mentioned? Lighthouse. Lighthouse? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are the three. Um, that looks like the trifecta there. I, I'm such a fan of Julie Olympico. She's yeah. such a monster and all that. I mean, Alexandra's good, too. She beat the boys, two back yep. in the Jaipur. I mean, she's a monster. To be honest, I think, you know, this is one of those races where these girls are so competitive and so good that they might be a photo finish. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a photo finish. Would you, Gina? No, the, these are a couple of really nice animals here. Um, and the, hard knockers consistent there. They always show up and yeah. And so what's, we what's might cool, have a photo finish here. It was great. Like, race. You, you get, you know, what's funny with, and with the three of them, even in, including lighthouse in the mix, you get like this up and comer to, to knock heads with, Couple horses who have been here now at, Sort of around this level uh, For the last year or so I, I think this is a very fun turf sprint So it sounds like you're slightly leaning towards uh, Jolie Olympica Because of the speed yep. I think she's going to have the head jump start On her And I, I think turning to the stretch She'll probably have about a length, two length lead And then Alexandra will be coming with Rosario And I think um, Jolie will have enough uh, If you look at Jolie She's done her best work in those sprints mm-hmm. Five and a half uh, b- both the times she ran five and a half, she won, and uh, I think maybe a mile is a little too long for her. I agree. Even though bred by Drosselmeyer, that shouldn't be a problem. But um, she got you know beat the time that she won a mile and a mile and a sixteenth. I mean, although it was good horses, um, I just think sprinting she's going to be very tough. I think sprinting, even though Alexandra's you know she's a dead sprinter, but I think Jolie. Uh, as sprinting is almost unbeatable. And I like the draw for her too in the outside I love the because. Draw. Yeah. She can she can go, but it, let's say like acting out or somebody wants to get really aggressive, she'll just sit right off of them. 
Like she can't like she's shown she'll just sit right right behind him just to, and 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 she can be completely fine doing it. So that outside draw gives her some options. I prefer Jolie. Uh, to Alexandra for almost all the reasons that you said too. I think she's going to get a jump. And if yeah. if if Lighthouse the if Lighthouse, I would want a little bit better price. That's the thing is I I really like her. I I, I do a lot. I just I would want like three to one, seven to two, and she probably will be more like five to two. I think the three of them are going to take money. I think Jolie will take the most money, and then Alexandra, and then Lighthouse in that order. But um, if she were to like a little bit better price. I would be. You might get that. I think you and, might get that. that and maybe if price. we do. So yeah, if we get if we get like seven to two, I might lean like I would be using her and Jolie if I had to uh, to pick two of the three here because I think they will have an opportunity to sit a little bit closer in this small field. They're just a little more tactical than Alexandra, who sort of has to play that I'm going to take yeah. way back and and come running late. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Jolie's going to have that lead turning on the stretch, I believe, and I just think that my, that's probably all she wrote. I think she's going to hold off Alexandra, but I would not be surprised if there's a, um, a photo finish, you know, it, but you know, you mentioning that you like lighthouse, you know, you got me looking now. So now I'm going to be looking at lighthouse a little more closely. Yeah. I think she's, she's got some versatility and the, the race at Kentucky was really good where she sat just off. Mm-hmm. She showed a couple starts back that she can come from way out of it and also compete with older uh, in that spot too. And she's, She's done like nothing wrong. The only really poor race that she had was going long, and we can make an excuse for that because she's not going long today. So uh, I just think she's continuing uh, to be on the upswing. And um, another like same same sort of thing I was going for with Sanus. If yeah. she's a better price than the two shorter, like double the price of them, and and I know she's got to improve, but that's sort of built into the price, right? If she's a better price, there she does have to improve, and I'm I'm expecting that. So uh, yeah, not not like. Fields of 12 or anything like necessarily we had on opening day, but a couple, some strong horses that we have in these they're, two they're quality fields. They're yep. quality fields. They might be short fields, but they're quality fields, great at stakes caliber horses. They are. Yeah. It's not like an allowance race that's, that's, uh, you know, uh, pretending to be, <laughs> and it's a graded stakes race. This is not the case. These are legitimate exactly. graded stakes animals. So, uh, Gabe, I also asked you if you had another play on the card. Is there anything that you like, uh, somewhere else on the Saturday card? Yeah, I got two plays for you, but I'm going to give cool. you one or I'm going to go uh, a little deeper than the other. Uh, race six, I like number seven, the loot is mine. Uh, when Peter Miller and Flavian Pratt get together, it's on, they win at 32%, um, at 42% th- this year. And um, first time Lasex, Peter Miller Barn is on fire. There's uh, three workouts since the last race. And going to be forwardly placed. I like the blinkers off. Um, the Luda's Mine is my best bet. Race six, number seven. The Luda's Mine with Pratt. And if you see awesome. um, Peter Miller hits 25% with blinkers off. Does everything look... And I feel like the field, there's nothing else in the field that's really... Nothing scares you. There's no monsters yeah. here. No, There's no, no monsters good spot. in the race. There's nothing... Um, I see three to one morning line. I doubt I'll get that, but I'm hey, if you could single the source in a pick four, pick five, yep, you know, you can make some good money. So, absolutely, the loot is mine. Pick that five, is race, actually. yeah, late start of the late pick five right here. You could single, you pick three, he's got going on, put a horse on top and an exacto or try if you like. That is the loot is mine in race number six. And uh, you said you got one more, one more race number seven, number six, airman with Rispoli. Um, I've heard that this sheriff's horse has a lot of talent 
And sometimes, you know, with these sheriff's horses, they need a few races to acclimate. Yep. And to, you know, to get there. And I think this horse, I looked at the replays. This horse looks like he has a lot of talent. So I'm going to go with Airman, number six, and race seven with Rispoli and Sheriffs. And those are two horses to start your pick five with. Perfect. Airman, the number six. I like it quite a bit. So uh, from Gabe, you got some uh, thoughts on race six, race seven, race eight, and race nine all in a row. So, Gabe, before we let you go, we want to let everybody know about the contest that we're going to be doing for Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group. So yes. here are the details for the contest. You have to be a member of the Live and Race Hor- Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group on Facebook. So if you're not, make sure to go do it right now. There will be a post on Friday that will say, "We here. This is for the That's What G Said podcast contest." Mm-hmm. And then Gabe will post his selections in the eighth race, in the ninth race, and then his best bet. That's what the contest is. You have to give me your top pick in the eighth, your top pick in the ninth. And then a best bet anywhere else on the card that you any want. other race, any other race on Santa Anita's card on Saturday. So that you your post should have a horse in the eighth, a horse in the ninth, and then anywhere else you want on the card, one horse in each race. We're going to be basing this contest off of two dollar win, ROI. win uh, ROI there, and we'll add them all up. So if you have three winners, they were ten bucks, twelve bucks, and and twenty. You're going to get all three of them. If you have one, we're just going to do that, and we are going to give out prizes to the top three finishers. Now, in case of a tiebreaker, I ask that in your post, you also post a little tiebreaker that says uh, the top three finishers in order of the trifecta for race eight. So give me give me your order. If it's five, four, two, however it is, that's the tiebreaker. So every post should say race eight selection, race nine selection, best bet, and then tiebreaker. What's the try for race number eight? That's how you enter. You have to have that post in the Facebook group. And the prizes, Gabe, that we've got for you. Whoever wins, $50 win bet on any horse they want starting on Sunday. It can be Sunday. It can be during the middle of the week. It can be next week. Whoever it is, I'm going to make the win wager for you. If it wins, I'll send you all your money, PayPal, Venmo, Is that whatever. 50 or 15? 50. 5 0. A $50. Five zero. Wow. A $50, $50 win wager. Anyone you want, any day starting on Sunday. So that's the first prize. You could turn that 50. Into 500 You Easy. could turn that 50 You know, a- Anything you want, 50 to win, anywhere Second prize, I think people have seen Some of these floating around You can purchase one at StableDuel.com The Degenerate t-shirt oh, yeah. I, I, Those are great, we're all degenerates So what I will do is whoever finishes second I'll be in touch with you We'll get your size and, uh, and where you want The shirt sent to and I'll make sure that shirt Is sent to you, the Degenerate t-shirt and then the third prize is at uh, SarahCandles.com, one of the sponsors of this show. They have all natural soy wax candles. They have even have a candle that's called Del Mar. Tyler is a horse racing fan too. He's the one that created the company. So <laughs> the third place finisher can get a candle. Any choice of any of the thirty different scents that they have, all con. I'll be in touch with you. You can pick whatever scent you want. I'll have it sent there to you. So, do, do they have a scent for Los Alamitos? <laughs> I was gonna say it's not, and Delmar is not like burned tickets and ripped up tickets. That's not the scent of it. It's a good, it's a good scent. So we got. Oh, Delmar top- smells great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we got t- three 
prizes for you A $50 win wager for the winner A degenerate t-shirt for the runner-up And a candle of your choice Any scent that you want from sarahcandles.com So Gabe, I, I appreciate you coming on with me And thank you for uh, for doing this contest along with me You and I are going to be talking over the next couple days We're going to be posting uh, in the group And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun seeing Who is going to be able to win And finish in the top three spots in this contest I can't wait, man Thank you so much for having me on Gabe Vartanian, you heard all the ways you can get in touch With the Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group On Facebook, and we hope you get involved In this contest We are going to take a a quick break I'm going to recap a little more of Santa Anita And uh, don't go anywhere, folks we got plenty more on That's What G Said Horse racing fans Many of us have been Using the DRF, the daily racing form For years, studying the races Keeping up to date on news With all the articles I remember looking for a copy At the local liquor store Or picking one up at the local racetrack Wherever I was going Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever To use DRF With DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile You can get all the tracks that you want to bet And handicap Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version, and even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view, and any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering, multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Great stuff from Gabe And if you want to get involved in that contest Make sure you gotta go to the Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group On Facebook, you gotta be a member of the group And you will be able to post and get involved in that contest Just to repeat one more time You gotta give us one horse in race number 8 One horse in race number 9 One horse in any other race And then for the tiebreaker Pick the trifecta in order of race number 8 Give us your top 3 finishers in that race It's going to be a contest where there are prizes For the top 3 finishers First prize, a $50 win wager On any horse you want Starting on Sunday, you can make a wager on Sunday or any time following that Second place gets the degenerate t-shirt From Stable Duel Third place, you'll get a candle of your choice From sarahcandles.com 
So it'll be a total ROI on your three horses total with a $2 win payout ROI. Fun, free contest, but you got to be a member of that Live and Breathe Racing Group on Facebook. Now we're going to get over to Sam Houston. It is a mandatory pick six payout on Saturday, just day two of the meet. Andy Villanueva, who does a lot of handicapping over at Sam Houston for them and has a couple new ventures that we discuss, he's going to join me. We kick things off and in, uh, in race number five. We hit five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten on a mandatory pick six payout at Sam Houston on Saturday night. Very excited to welcome back to That's What G Said podcast to talk a little Sam Houston racing for Saturday. Friend of the show, we've had him on here to talk racing with us many times. And uh, this is a track that uh, Andy does a, a really, really great job handicapping, and in particular, a track that we really love. Um, welcoming in Andy Villanueva. We're going to be talking about Sam Houston. Andy, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm, anytime Sam Houston's back running, I'm, gr- I'm great because for, Someone, you know, like you and I, we play a lot of races. You you watch a lot of races and you play a lot almost daily. I'm always watching, always playing. So you're betting a lot. Takeout is a big deal. A lot of people, it's something we didn't realize as much years ago. But when you play the way the wagers you play at Sam Houston and you can play a 12% double pick three, pick four, pick five, and then you compare it to those same wagers at other other tracks, it's incredible how much more money you make. At Sam Houston I always feel good Before I even make a bet I don't feel like I'm being robbed Yeah I mean uh, You know it's funny You know we bet we bet. I mean how can I put this It's easy to talk about takeout And not understand it If Mm -hmm. you're just a normal better But someone like yourself or myself who, Who play on a daily basis We always need that extra edge and this place does it. I mean, yep. you know, you're already going in knowing that you win. Um, an additional, an additional seven and a half to eight percent on top of whatever you win on a normal basis is is a plus. And it's not just what's great is like for a lot of players, um, most tracks it's the pick five. That's the low takeout wager, and that and that's fun. And I and I'm playing a lot of those. But if you're someone who's got a smaller bankroll and you're you're playing with limited funds. It's hard to want to play a pick five. It's hard to say, okay, if I wanted to play the best, my best bet that's going to give me the most money back, it's the hardest one to hit. It's a pick five. That's not the case here. I, I feel like I play so many more doubles and pick threes and even pick fours at this track than I do any like at any other tracks because they're all those low takeout. They just said, hey, you know what? We're going to make that our thing, like all of the rolling exotics. And then what they're doing with the pick six too, Andy, last year when the, the meet ended, they had a real unfortunate on the on the final day when it was going to be a mandatory payout in the pick six. They had an issue with the the lights and they they couldn't run the rest of the races. So what do they do? They carry the money right back over and it's carried over into Friday and they're going to have a mandatory payout on the card that we're talking about on Saturday. And then next week they're going to change it to a fifty cent pick six, no jackpot with twelve percent takeout. So they just seem to to keep doing the right thing there. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing about Sam Houston is that they listen to their, they listen to their, to their fan base and the people that mm-hmm. play on a daily basis. And you know, I think it's one of those things to where 
you have to get on board. I mean, you can't you can't not it's refreshing. Get on board. It's refreshing. We complain so much about about the opposite sides of things in racing that when there's a track that's actually doing what we want, I- I'm going to go all in and give them all the support we have. And uh, um, Andy's actually got a, a nice project that he's working on now and some cool new things we're going to talk about after the races. Uh, so we'll, we'll plug those uh, after in a bit, Andy, but now we're going to get into Sam Houston for Saturday. So get your past performances out for January the 9th. We're looking at race number five. That's the start of that space city pick six will be, that will be the mandatory payout on the, the final format of that jackpot pick six And starting next week it'll be the traditional With the 12% and a 50% base I believe So we got 25 non-twos here to kick things off Going a mile and a 16th A um, couple of the horses that I'm, I'm taking a look at I actually thought there was an interesting price um, Towards the outside uh, Sunrise Kitten Whose turf form is just a little sneakier Than it looks You know, Coming out of a first level allowance at Remington Prior to that was racing at Kentucky Some races down at Fairgrounds So the overall form Overall you know you don't have a, a, You have some races here or there that weren't that great But they were against tougher company and better This is a one that I'm, I'm probably going to be throwing in uh, In my exotics Who are some of the horses that, that you're looking at in here Andy Well uh, the one the one thing we can say Is Um uh, there is a rider change in one of the races. In, yeah, we in this race. Um, yeah, we talked about it a little bit on the Friday show uh, with the CJ McMahon situation. So, um, yeah, we, so we we addressed that. Yeah. Relu Gutierrez is on that horse uh, for for Michael Stidham, Brock's Rumble. We just found that out today. Um, but I before even the the change was even made, I thought this horse was the one to be off yep. the top. Is Brock's Rumble. Um, you know, you're going from Tampa, Tampa turf racing to here. Um, I think you're going to get horses like Asmussen's getting a little play, but I'm really on top of this horse here for a couple reasons. One, first time gelding, Michael Stidham rarely brings horses out here and this horse is $150,000 purchase. They're looking for a spot for him. They continuously drop him down. And this might be the softest spot he can land at this place, and he's going to be tough. I think he's a must use. I think he's a must use. Super logical, lightly raced. Got gets away from the same horse who beat him the last couple times, and he just feels like a real major contender in here. There's a lot to like about him. He's got that nice running style with with a couple horses down towards the inside that'll probably show some speed. The Radiant Kitten next to him's got a little bit of speed too. Uh there there's some there it looks like there's enough to where he's probably going to be sitting third or fourth and get a really good trip in here. Yeah, he uh, you know the the good thing about the turf course is it really doesn't matter where you're put as long as you you get out when you need to get out, which is usually in the turn. Um and, you know, this horse will just be sitting right off of that pace. I mean, he he's even enough that he can do that, which is a good thing. So, uh, other horse or two. I mean, the one bourbon wisdom you know, is... I'm not a big fan of his. Um, a couple reasons. One, he's he's stepping up in class. He, he had all... He should have won that, the Delta Downs race I agree. on the 23rd of December. He didn't do it. Um, this is a bit tougher. Yes, he's getting back on turf. Yes, it's where you finally won. But you know what? He's had so many opportunities to win um, when he was a maiden and he didn't do it. And I just, I just think there's, there's better value elsewhere. And you know, I, I don't want to be with everybody else and have the favorite and win the first leg of a pick six. I'd rather. I'm in, yep. I'm in the third I'd spot. Rather, 
I agree with yeah. you. I much prefer the six. Like if we're talking about who we're going to be, I think some of the shorter prices in here. I would much prefer the six over the one. And, and, uh, and he, honestly, even like just some of how the race is going to set up for the one, he's going to be down inside. There's a couple others with some speed in here. If, if he could settle a little behind him, but the, I, I got a feeling he might be might be getting caught up a little too much in the pace, exiting some of those uh, seven furlong races. So yeah, I had I had him in third. I had nine six. One, if you're looking for a bust out long shot Or maybe a horse to use underneath in some of your exotics I thought the three Yip Yip Kip uh, had an opportunity You know, you could just put a line through the last effort And look at some of those grass races They're a little a little cheap, a little soft But what I do like is he actually competed against Maiden Special Weights And if you're just playing off of numbers and, and figures Like that October race Against Maiden Special Weights Or the September race against Maiden Special Weights At Remington when finishing third That would be pretty competitive with a lot of this group I could absolutely see him uh, underneath Hitting a slice or maybe if you want to throw in a big long shot In uh, in, in one of your uh, Wagers here Yip, yip, I, kip And I actually agree with you But I mean I also think that Ronnie Craven's horse, Radiant Kitten The number five horse sure. Is definitely one of those horses That will Could quietly do it, just toss out Toss out that last race at Remington Park. He doesn't want anything to do with a sprint. He wants he's he's a route horse, and his best races have been there. His numbers suggest that he fits in the spot. Uh, not to me that that's another one of those horses you're going to get twelve to one. You might as well use them, yeah. Um, if you're going to go deep in this race, let's move to race number six, which is second leg of the pick six, and it's the start of the pick five. We'll have uh, three rolls which have never won two races. Uh, optional 50s non two claiming price of 50 five and a half furlongs the distance in here so some of the horses uh that'll take money i think ultimate is obviously one the morning line favorite here because just on you know he's coming in from churchill downs he raced against pretty good company at churchill and most recently it was it was a, a really tough race actually but he just he really seems like he's going to get a good setup in here there's there's a good amount of speed drawn towards his inside. You got tapped to the max. Texas Titan shown speed. You'd imagine that Lucky Promise isn't going to be too far. Bobby Brinkley might have to go from the rail even to the outside. I'm Money and Carbon Striker. They want to be close. So it 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 could there could be a scenario where they all line up and this one just gets a great trip from uh, mid from you know middle to the back of the pack. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at this race and I was like, you know, um, it looks like. Ultimate is the class of the field just based on where he's coming from. I I can't I can't decline the fact that Bobby Brinkley's coming out of a stakes race. You know, he's he's taking a class drop. The second place horse, Red and Wild, came back to win a win a race. And then uh, finished third in know. the springboard mile. Yeah. Exactly. So, that was a really so, nice animal. So that so there's that going for him. Austin Gustafson has had such a strong meet. Or a strong year last year, uh, that you know he points for this meet. He usually has his horses ready to fire. I just think that that horse just likes to finish third. No offense to Lindy, but I honestly think that if you're going to go in this race, you could go too deep and be okay. I think you'd take Bobby Brinkley. I think you do have to take the Steve Asmussen Ultimate. Um, as far as the pick six is concerned. Those two are the two horses I would probably kind of look at, um, you know, for the pick five or the pick four. If they're having a pick five this late, which I don't think, yeah, they are. Actually. Yeah, yeah, this is where cool. it starts. Yep. So um, I would actually not be afraid to throw in tap to the max because 
you know, he's going to go to the front. If anybody clears, it's probably him. Exactly. He's, he's definitely got that early speed. I, I'm going to wait to see what, you know, the computer models say kind of to see if he's going to be a high Q on this. And if he is, I may end up having to use him. Um, the you mentioned the two lucky promise yeah i mean he fits with them he's right there like but like you said it's hard like he had a little bit of trouble on october the tw- the 10th but and he's actually beaten bobby brinkley before i just he wouldn't be shocked to see him win i just sort of like others a little bit more um the, i guess if you're looking for a long shot in here one for me would be too bad so sad just because he won pretty nicely. His number was a little low, but it was back in August for a very capable bar. And he actually beat Tap to the Max. So um, maybe there's just some upside with him that we don't quite know about that's untapped there because he's he's just uh, made his one career start. So race number six, uh, start of the late pick five there at Sam Houston. Let's move to race seven, Andy. We're going to talk about the late pick four here. We got Maiden Special Weights to begin on paper. It would look like this is just a two horse race Do you see it that way with inside outside Do you need to go deeper How does this shape up to you A they're maidens <laughs> So right? just on yep. that alone <laughs> um, I don't take much credence uh, B you know I, I always look at it this way you, Especially like at these tracks Like Sam Houston, Remington Park Delta Downs When you get a $300,000 purchase Making their debut, I'm going to question it. Yeah, I don't you're right. Care, I don't care who it is, and the fact that it's a a Stone Street horse is a big question. Uh, the dam ended up winning it on her debut over at Remington Park, but I mean, she wasn't. Yeah, she, she won a small a, stakes at Z. I know what you mean. There's yeah. no. It's not a monster pedigree here. Yeah, and you, I, you know? so so the question is, is why did it spend three hundred thousand on her? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's kind of the question on it. And then you got the tab is a little spotty too. You know, you got to yeah. work on November. And and but, keep in mind, like we don't know with 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 the way moving around and nowadays in the COVID era, sometimes works get missed here and there or whatever. Just, but just know, as far as this is concerned, right? I mean, you can look at like I I look at this tab, and I'm going back all the way to like the summertime. There's that big break in between. That yep. doesn't mean that horse wasn't training because it's quite possible with the shift to to Louisiana and all that down south that Aspison had this horse at the farm and yep. he was training right. him at the track at, mm-hmm. at his farm in Texas. So I don't take much credence in this Aspison spotty works, you know, because I know he he does have a habit of moving this horses to the farm to work or sometimes just to do that. So not so, as high on uh, on Bear Brian, the the big purchase first time starters. D- does that mean you do gravitate towards Vegas guy to the inside? I, I, no, I mean, would I use him on a pick four and a pick five to stay alive? Yes, but I'm not. I'm not going to be like, oh, I need to go and and bet the house on it, right? Sure. I mean, there's other there's other horses in here. I'll tell you one horse that really intrigues me, just based off of of what I see off a of pedigree. And that's the Todd Fincher trained Burns to Boss, the mm-hmm. three, the uh, three horse. The dam won at first asking at, and I remember this dam. This dam ran at Hollywood Park. Um, so the, she's got some base to her, obviously. Um, the half Mucho Moore ended up winning first out as well. Uh, and so 
you know, win early pedigree, street boss, you can't go wrong because, you know, it's a, it's a nicely bred sire. I just think that this horse might actually not get a lot of play and you're going to get a price on him. Yeah, it's funny. I prefer him to the outside first yeah, time starter. So I, I, I like him the most of the first time starters, no doubt. The, the, yeah, I, I sort of feel the same way with Vegas guy with you. Is like I don't like defensively using a favorite, but to me, it's just he he really does fit well. It's it's you're just sort of looking at this race like he ran his uh, awful race and just using a figure that was as good as the race as the race as anyone's run on their best days. So he could probably show up and and just sort of plot around. And if if a horse like the three or the eight, the, if the first time starters aren't good. He'll probably win this race That's sort of why I have a tough time Completely dismissing him I feel the same with you though I'm okay with not using the uh, Bear Brian I I think of the other horses the, that have run Tis Truculent would probably just be You know the other one to maybe throw on the ticket for me If you're going to Show some speed in between horses Tried to battle on Now you're going to get a cutback um, He'll probably be coming from off the, the pace a little bit in here So he could be just passing some some horses late If for some reason Vegas guy tries to send Because he's down inside He got caught up in the pace last time out So um, yeah it would be maybe be him But I, I kind of agree with you I thought to, to me the most in, one of the more interesting horses in this race Like the one that feels like the one That you could bet at 4 or 5 to 1 Would be burned as the boss Yeah exactly and you know he, He's a bomb he's going to go to the front as well That's why I kind of I'm not a big fan of Tis Truculent um, But you know the one The one good thing is is that Sophie probably probably is a little more patient. Yeah. Uh, so she might just take back a little bit and just mm-hmm. wait to see what happens. It all depends on what Burns the boss does because I mean, if he's got early speed, and I mean, I I still I'll go back and I'll look at the I'll go back and look at the OBS um, sale work and see, you know, whether or not he shows a lot of good turn of foot. But I haven't. I mean, me completely on this. I have not done that yet. But just based on pedigree, I I gotta give him a look. We are talking race number seven. Uh, so yeah, some, uh, I just I couldn't really make too much of a case for New Dice, who's you know gonna be stepping up, but that does come in from Churchill. So sometimes it's it's more of a lateral move. But he's def- he's still gonna need to improve. And here you mentioned he's a bomb. Um, I, I couldn't really get too excited about Toe Tap and Luke or Texan Boy in this spot. So yeah, I think we hit uh, we hit most of a. Uh, the, the logicals and even uh, one or two of the outside the boxes in race number seven. Let's move to the eighth race, late pick three time in race number eight. We have optional 25s in here, and I will probably slightly lean towards Skyride in here. Um, he tried the grass last time out. I th- don't, I don't think we really have to use that as a gauge Let's look at the the dirt race Two starts back sprinting at Remington He had a brutal start, he completely missed the break He was last, he was 10 off And then he, and he flew late uh, to just miss third And if you notice, in his starts prior to that He's got a lot more tactical speed he, Or middle to the back of the pack He doesn't have to be dead last like he was there I think he probably gets a a nice trip in here You know, JC's midnight uh, JC's nightcap's gonna go Verrazano first is gonna go Um Probably one or two others with intentions on the front end here for doing some of their best running. So I think he gets a nice trip. Who are some of the the horses you look at in here, Andy? I'm actually really intrigued by um, Gold Crusher on the outside with Lane Leslie. I think Lane is going to fit this horse because Lane likes to be on the outside a lot of times. 
So he's going to make that. Plus, also that that stakes race is better than looked. Mm-hmm. Um, he had trouble. He's cutting back in distance. Um, he's an open company, which which isn't. I mean, yeah, he's a Washington bred, but you know that turf that that dirt course over at Emerald Downs tends to play to speed a little bit, and um, he's gonna he this truck doesn't. So um, I think he's gonna sit in a good spot, sitting off of the pace and. And looking to make a, a run on him, you can't throw out impact player on the drop. Um, he won, and he did have legit trouble last time out. Yeah, yeah. he did. He, that, you just throw, you have to throw, just throw that race out. Yep. Um, and then the race he wins, the third place finisher comes back to win next out. So, um, you know, he he's definitely positive for the distance. It's a horse you're going to want to use in your exotics, um, but gold. Gold Crusher for for me seems to be the horse that kind of intrigues me, and I like to see where where they're going to be playing them as far as like money wise. What what type of odds he's going to get near the start of the race, and if they're hammering him, he's going to be live. Verrazano first is the 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 Broberg on the claim back, and what he has a lot of speed. What's nice is that he actually does have a race or two where he can sit off a, a little bit. So just to know that they have the option of sitting, I just don't know if that's going to going to necessarily work out the best in here. And at a really really short price, he would be one that I, I'm using, but I don't love uh, along with a few others. Um, JC's nightcap is really quick too, so that's the problem. I feel like just right next door, they're going to be going head and head against each other. For me, one of the longer shots that I would maybe throw into a, a pick four situation somewhere would be the two West Vest, who has just not been running well at all as of late. But you're going to go back, cut back to six furlongs. He's he comes out of a lot of better races, and I th- he's the type of horse who I like. Throwing into into tickets at 10 to 1 or above Because he's not consistent He's probably not a horse who I'd even want to bet to win But if he jumps up It would not be a surprise Because he has races that are good enough to beat a group like this They just, they haven't been for a while I don't know if there's any of that left But at least I'll be getting, you know 10 to 15 to 1 to throw him in and see um, So that, that was another one for me Any other horses to mention for you in the 8th, Dandy? No, because I was actually looking at West Fest and then saw that he hadn't won in a while. And then now that you talked about it, I just looked over and saw the Oakland Park race on the 20th of February. And I'm like, you know, that that's a tough group right there. Yeah. Man, yeah. I mean, Mojo Man's a stakes winner. Manny was a sprinter. Operation Stevie gives you everything he gives you when he Even runs. Even the grass race at Remington after that, the that's not an easy group with Prospector no. Fever. and no. That's a good, that's a solid group. So yeah, I think he yeah. just comes out of better races and if he, he's the type of horse who if he was like 5-1, to one, I wouldn't want to play him. But if he's 10 or 15, I'd love throwing him into a pick 4 ticket because he, he can win. He's just not we don't know if he has it left and he's just not consistent. So um, that, that's what's built into his price there. Yeah. Uh, Late double time as we move to race number nine. We've got four year olds and up, which have started for a claiming price of 5,000 or less in 2021 or a claiming price of 10,000, five and a half furlongs. The distance in here. Uh, who uh, who are some of the horses you want to start with, Andy? Uh, I liked uh, Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, this horse always runs, he runs his race. I yep. mean, I, I have yet to see him run a bad race. He, you know, Clinton Stewart can win races. He puts them in the right spot. And, you know, I think, I think Ray Lou's 
gonna have a huge meet here. I do too. I, just, I feel it, it. It's 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 wide open for the taking for someone. No Deshaun Parker. No Cabrera. We know C.J. McMahon won't be around at least for a, a while with everything going on right now. So there were those are some jocks that were getting legitimate top mounts that are there for the taking right yeah, now. But, you know, Stewart's got all of Steve Vass with yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know So that locks that one up. But but the the rest are around for like if Raylu has a good couple a good couple weeks to start, he's gonna be yeah. like that new face that people wanna wanna put on their yeah. horses. You know? Yeah, exactly. And yep. you know, Sophie's Sophie's in that same boat too. Completely agree. Where, yeah. Um you know, so you know, I, I really like I really like uh, Stewart's horse, I think Asmussen's horse right next to him going synthetic to dirt is a pretty good, impressive one, especially since it's first off the claim. It's a, and, and it's a good move, right? Like, this was a horse who faced a lot tougher. They drop in for five, he wins, and now you can protect him and step back up. So, this is a, a horse who they like a little bit. And it was, it was, I mean, look at some of the horses he faced Tap it to win, Sauna Man, Grade Two winner, Modernist, King Meister came back to win, Cajun Brother, even Skull Factor, who was a nice one. I, I, I have those two. For me, I had two, three sort of on top of everyone else. I, 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 I hate to be. Chalky, but this this wasn't as much of an outside of the box race for me. I I thought those two would be really tough. Now the only the only one I would actually kind of like kind of teeter to see where they're going with, um, maybe Boston Repo for Broberg. Uh, only reason is is you know he's you know a lot of people don't realize how tough those starter allowance races are at Delta Downs, and yeah. um, I want to picture Half Moon Reef. Those are two tough horses. And to try to go head and head with them at that deep track probably isn't the best place to do it. Um, you throw that race out, he was pretty solid, and you got to give him a look at, at 10 to 1. You just got to. Um, from the inside, Coco Tiger. I would like if there wasn't as much speed signed on in here. You just mentioned a really quick horse, Boston Repo. Get a load of this is fast. Can't imagine that Royal Reality is going to be too far out of it. Minor cut to the outseat. Yeah. So that's like underneath, I, Coco Tiger intrigues me as a horse in this spot. I just don't know. With the trip that if she'll get it But from the rail maybe flashing a little speed And being able to, to stick in there and, and hold on For a slice um, but it just It does feel like Onomatopoeia is going to get a great Setup in here um, With some pace to chase super super Honest and I like what they've done with uh, with Onward seems like he's uh, he's very well Spotted in here uh, Bourbon yeah Bourbon Cowboy would be the other like logical One to mention I just don't quite like him as much As the others but I I wouldn't really talk you off of using him. I just like I, I just think the, the the two and three are going to be pretty tough in here. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree on that. Let's close things out, Andy, in race number ten on Saturday over at Sam Houston with the Calbreds or Calbreds Texas Breds. <laughs> I'm I'm in California, so I see a state bred, and I think uh, I, I'm so uh, so self absorbed. I'm always thinking California, Andy, Texas bred maidens, Phillies, and Bears. Uh, hey, if it means if it means anything to you, sometimes I'll look at it and I'll be like. Oh, okay. So, um, which one are we looking at? Louisiana, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I get yeah. Uh, so, um, this is a, a a race where I guess Catch the Devil is like has some of the better races, and she's coming out of a, some open races where she was really competitive. Those were going longer on the turf, though. This is cutting back. To the dirt and sprinting where she's She's run fine even here at Sam Houston I don't really have any knocks on Catch the devil she's just kind of one I guess to start the conversation with uh, Who are some that you're looking at So um, 
Catch the Devil has burned me more times than I really like to admit. Um, I can go back and, and look at it and go, well, you know, she should have won on February 7th. That's no doubt. Um, she, she was the only speed in the race, and she still got caught. Um, you know, she got beat by Take Charge Woman, who's a nice filly, at Lone Star Park. Uh, I just, I don't trust her. I just yep. don't. And she's going to be such a short price. It's It's not worth it. Um, I like my golden bling. Yep. Uh, she's improving each start. She's going to get back on the dirt or she's going to get back on the dirt. She doesn't need the lead. Uh, Red but she's Luz probably the fastest. Is. She doesn't oh, yeah. need it, but she's probably the quickest. I just don't yeah. even think the, the horses to the insider as quick as her. It just, it just, it all depends on, on what Ray Lou does with her. You know, um, that's the thing. I mean, you, you look at the you look at how she starts. Yeah, she's usually in front, but she doesn't. She usually stops too. So um, I don't know if Rayleigh's going to want to send her. That's my biggest question. The other horse I'm kind of looking at, and it's just purely based on the fact that it's Danny Pish, is turning and burning. Uh, first time starter, been training at Rotama. Barn does really well first time out, and they know how to get them not only to get them fit, but to have their mind right for being a first-time start. It's not that easy to get these horses to run first out. No, it's much different than what you're doing uh, in the morning, Sam. The the horse for me that I would look towards, I, I completely agree with you. I have my golden bling as my top selection. Um, and I think my golden bling you have to use all over. The the one that it, of the bigger prices that I would, would probably throw in, pick fours, pick fives, maybe even a pick six, is the number six, uh, Jan's tap and go And it's mainly because once we get past Catch the devil And my golden bling who we just talked about We have some first time starters With question marks We have some horses that don't have very good form At all And at least with Jan's tap and go I I like the races that she comes out of Brightest wasn't bad That was an Asmussen horse And no Moss tequila And that was actually a really live race Where they've had two that's next up Yeah that was the course. That's the Broberg who got the lead that day And then he came right back to win again uh, In his in his next start Yeah a and, week later yep, she was, And she was just a step slow She quickly recovered She moved from last up to fifth she was it was like a, a nice three deep middle move, and then she got a little bit tired. She was chasing alone speed, and she backed up. So, of all the other horses, uh, like other than the ones that we talked about, I think Catch the Devil is going to be there, Pro- probably, hopefully second and third or third for our case with with my Golden Bling winning. And when you take those two out of them, out of the race, um, Jam's Tap and Go to me looked like like maybe the next one uh, of those who have raced. I like what the race she comes out of, and I do think the race is a little bit better than it looks on paper with the really low figure. So. Um, any other ones yeah, to my, mention here? Yeah, the only, uh, I mean, I can, the only knock I give Jan's tap and go is the fact that she's never broken right. I mean, yep. every single oh, you're time right. she rides, and in she's a, in a always spot got like a this. problem. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but again, and you know what, if this was, if this was like February 28th and she was running, I would probably endorse her big time because of the race she comes out of, but. You know, Jr. doesn't Jr. points for this meet, but he usually doesn't have him fit first time. He's a out. racer too. I would, yep. I would wait second time out with her just because it's Jr. Yep. Um, and so and yeah, and for me, I think it's a little. It's even. It's some more. What more of an indictment on the rest of the field that I just yeah, don't think yeah, there's yeah. much else in here besides those 
few that we talked about And my uh, my golden bling, bling breaks well And is able to either get the lead Or just sit close I, Like her and, and catch the devil Like the race I think is going to go through them And what's going on with those two Yeah I mean I mean if catch the devil doesn't win the spot Based on just her speed, her speed figs, she got to drop. She's never going to win. Yeah, she's, she's got to be. Go, she's got to be in a claiming spot sometime soon mm-hmm. because this is this is one of the softer spots that she has ever been in, probably ever. Andy, awesome stuff, man. Thank you for helping us out here, going through races five through ten. So we'll definitely be bringing you back a few times throughout the meet where we go uh, talk some Sam Houston. But I know you're a busy man right now. Because you have a, a couple new ventures uh, going on, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the about the the website, the Zoom stuff you have going on. I'm I'm hopefully going to be joining you coming up sometime soon. Give us all the the details. Well, you're joining us next week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely, want. absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, Caitlin Free and I've uh, decided to collaborate and begin a site called, well, it's the phonetic sound of goat, so it's G O A T uh, handicapping dot com, and we basically decided that it was time that you know one with stable do becoming a big a big deal it's important to have um important to have other outlets to be able to find information about how you would establish a stable dual lineup for fantasy horse racing uh i don't think there's enough information out there with international racing other than the daily racing forum and you know the the lower level, you know, the basic spots that everybody knows about. So, you know, with Caitlin's love for international racing, I think it, it was just a perfect fit to be able to have a outlet to where she could go in and, and she could provide all the information that she is aware of and, and help, you know, the basic customer out that may only apply once or twice during Royal Ascot or something like that. And, uh, We've also decided to start a, you know, a channel called the Goat Zoom Room on YouTube. And, you know, we interview jockeys, trainers, uh, racetrack executives, uh, other handicappers, other podcasts that do horse racing, because we don't think that enough uh, information is out there for people to, to understand that, you know, as far as horse racing is concerned, it's a huge deal to be able to a we all have to stick together because this game is shrinking because we're all getting older so we need to bring new blood in and the other thing is is that i think it's important that you know everyone knows that most race directors get along and it's it's a family and yeah we could fight and argue on twitter and all those places but in the end we all look at the race is the same way, and we all like making big scores. Yeah, we're on the so same. It's funny. People on here, we're playing against each other, but we're on the same team, right? We're all customers. We're all fans. We are all betters. We're all we we all want to win. That's that's what we want. And so I, I feel very similar how to you is you know someone who has my own show here. I listen to all of the information out there, and I just try to be a sponge, right? I think you can learn something from everybody, even if it's even if it's like. Something that you don't want to do Right like oh oh, that worked for them Ah, You know what I don't like that angle or you know what That doesn't seem like it works as well Or that like you can learn something from everyone From every situation even if you If as horse players we all have big egos Sometimes we don't think we need help or I don't Need to hear what they say 
I completely disagree on that. I want to hear what everyone thinks because maybe somebody's going to teach me something that I don't know, or I'm going to figure something out by doing that. Like you can always gain from from learning to really smart people talk. You really, and you know what? The crazy thing is, is that I think I read, I think it was after uh, Charles Simon and and Urban Handicapper ended up doing their uh, going in circles podcast. Somebody had tweeted out, oh, like, we need to be inundated with another horse racing podcast. And my thought process was, well, yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, because if, you know, more podcasts are out there, you never know when someone's going to be listening to them and go, you know what? It's kind of interesting to go to the racetrack or it's kind of interesting to know about this person or how they live or why do they look at horses that way? Or, you know, those are things that, you know, the way you handicap is different than the way I handicap. Yeah, exactly, the, the different perspective. We all have different entrance. Yeah, you know? and it's and they when they like you're gonna look at things way differently. I am, and we're gonna come to meet. And then in two of the five races we talk about, we're gonna love the exact same horse for completely different reasons, or maybe the same reason. And then we're gonna we're gonna be different in the other few. That's what's so great about it. It's that. You like there's just so many like that that perspective doesn't work for you. Okay, cool. Like let's see what this person has to say. Um, I, I yeah, I'm just not as, as I don't like the whole oh I don't need to hear what they say kind of stuff because I just feel like every you said more voices, more perspectives, more different insight from from smart people, from stupid people, I don't, from anyone who's got a got an opinion. That's fine. I, I'm curious of your opinion. I'm curious what works for you, and I'm gonna see if those kind of things can work for me. And, so, and you know, uh, the bigger the bigger goal in this whole situation is, is that we have to grow the sport and yep. um, having someone like, you know, recently announced Miss USA 2021 contender, <laughs> Caitlin Free, <laughs> an ambassador, Nova, right? Miska, you know, she's an ambassador. Acacia Courtney has, has done a great job being able to parlay that into a, a place where she's on the younger end and is able to bring, you know, people that, May not have ever understood horse racing, but you know what? They'll follow her career, so why not yeah. get involved? Caitlin and does so, a phenomenal job too with uh, the international stuff. I've I've worked with her and done a few things before uh, over at Past the Wire, and she does a um, you know month year last year. She she just with international, and it's not like what's funny is she's an international expert in that she knows what's going on there, but she knows everything that's going on in thir- in North America, you know, all over the big races everywhere. Any, anyway, she can have a conversation with you about anything, which a and lot of people can't. No. And you know, the better part about Caitlin is that she's also, she's young. She, she's driven. You don't have to push her to do anything. And um, I've said it on, on our podcast a couple of times and our show a couple of times, you know, she's, she's definitely the future of racing. She's hasn't been given an outlet to be able to show everybody what she has, and now she does. So, you know, when I came up with this idea of having this website and all that, she was one of the first people I thought of to have as part of a collaboration and and be able to have her stuff out every single day and let her show people what she's able to do because, you know, Twitter is, you know, the, the sad thing about Twitter is, Everybody looks for the one thing you do wrong, and that's what they'll go with. They never go and say, you know what, 
Gino picked seven straight winners in a row, but you know what? Gino made a comment about this horse and he was wrong. And you know, Gino's a bad handicapper. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, forget about the seven other times you were right. It's that it's one the, time you were wrong. It's, it's the one. Yeah. It's always it's always that way. But we, you know. we, we and and we you sort of know that you're doing something right when that happens, right? You kind of feel like you know what? I guess I guess people are listening at least uh, for them to to know when I'm right and when I'm wrong. And uh, Andy, man, this is always a blast with you you do such a great job we appreciate all the work you put in here and i i look forward to having you back uh many yeah. times give us your plugs one more time uh where can we find uh the youtube zoom room and your website so you can find us on the goat handicapping zoom room or the just go into google and type in goat zoom room all one word and you'll find that you can go to G, the phonetically spelled g-o-a-t so it's g-e-e O-H-A-Y-E-T-E-E handicapping.com. You can find us on Twitter at A-Villanueva3RD or at Caitlin Free or at uh, the G or at Goat Handicapping. Uh, those are the three. But, you know, as always, it's been a pleasure. If you happen to be at Sam Houston at any time, you can find my pick five picks, which will be available every single day at Sam Houston Race Park. And uh, I just look forward to the meet. Andy Villanueva, handicapper here. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk again really soon. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. You too. Don't go. Big thank you to Andy. He'll be back again to talk some Sam Houston with us throughout the meeting. Before we get to our final segment of the show, we want to let you know about OldSmokeClothing.com. I know you're a horse racing fan, and this is a great website for horse racing. T-shirts, hats, zip-ups, quality clothing, hoodies, tank tops, long sleeves. When you use the promo code G-I-N-O, you get free shipping on your order. We're talking custom designs, whatever you want. They have special collections you can check out, like the Kentucky Derby, the Secretariat. You can represent some of your all-time favorites, Tis the Law, Midnight Bisu, Authentic, She Dares the Devil, OldSmokeClothing.com, promo code G-I-N-O, gets you free shipping on your order. Now we get to Chad Cooper, Loop is going to be joining us um, hopefully every week, at least every other week for this, uh, this week in wrestling segments where we can recap a little bit of everything going on. And in this uh, particular episode, we talk about AEW, we recap what's, uh, what went on on Wednesday Night Dynamite, some thoughts on Friday Night SmackDown, some of the storylines going on there. We talk about Raw Legends Night, some quick thoughts on NXT, and we look at some of the current favorites and who feels like they have an opportunity to win the Royals, the the Royal Rumbles, the men's and the women's coming up in just a few weeks. This week in wrestling, we hit on all the major topics and all the storylines going on in AEW, WWE, with Raw, with SmackDown, with NXT. Chad Cooper joins us next. Really excited about the news in the world of wrestling each and every week here on That's What G Said. So what we're going to do... Uh, now in 2021 is we're going to have a segment um, pro- Probably a weekly segment that we can With our good buddy Chad Cooper A little wrestling with Chad Cooper segment Where we can go around and talk about some of the major news stories in wrestling What's happening on uh, AEW Dynamite What's happening on Raw, SmackDown, NXT Anything going on in the world of wrestling uh, We welcome in a good buddy that you've heard many times on That's What G Said Before Chad Cooper Chad buddy, Happy New Year How are things going? It's going well, my friend. Happy New Year to you, Gino. And uh, we, before, un- unfortunately, uh, we have we got to start right away with sort of a, a a bit of sad news. The world of wrestling 
lost a great, great one last week in John Huber. And I uh, just wanted to mention it a little bit. I talked about it just for a second on the show last week. But, Chad, this was a guy, and just like a wrestling sense, he was a guy that so many people were always looking at as, wow, this guy is awesome. He's so good. He could be like a main eventer in the main event picture. We always wanted a little more for him. And the response that came out from people over the last couple weeks, this is one of the most, um, I, I think, like uh, surprising responses in a positive way. I just did not realize how many people this guy had touched. Yeah, um, not only a great talent in the ring, um, you know, from all accounts, uh, right? You know, a great family man, and you've seen that, um, you know, from from all the workers on every platform whether it's wwe aew new japan i mean he had touched everyone and some their life in some form or fashion you know throughout you know his uh, his professional career and uh, he was so amazing in the ring for for wwe when he was you know when he worked with bray wyatt and uh just a great guy out of the ring and then seemed to to get really rolling in a professional sense of it uh when he signed the contract with aew uh with the namesake of brody uh brody lee um you know the bruiser brody type uh you know he he gave that persona that's probably where aew got that you know kind of name from you know he's kind of a gentle giant a great guy out of the ring so talented and uh so young and to be one of the nice guys you know not that anyone deserves uh anything after you know, they pass, but you hear a lot of times that some, you know, did not have flavish lifestyles. Uh, we're into this. They did this. This guy apparently uh, was a great family man and a, and a great worker. And uh, I, I think uh, AEW and WWE kudos for what they've, they've done um, in keeping his name and memory alive. But uh, very sad and tragic, uh, you know, here in the early parts of the new year. And uh, hopefully the legacy will live on with his son, Brody Lee Jr., who just seems to be uh, s- someone that everyone's gravitating to and sure. really trying trying to uh, to do their best to make things just a little bit more, uh, a little bit better for him in just an, an unbelievable situation. So it's really sad news, something we uh, wanted to, to mention and, and give a, a little respect to him because it's just been so powerful to see how everybody has responded and reacted over the last couple of weeks. This guy was so, so loved and he will be missed forever. And uh, never easy to transition from that into, you know, talking about the, the AEW dynamite show on Wednesday, but it does seem like you said, like they're going to do little things that, that will continue to honor him throughout the shows. And uh, on this particular show, we ended the show with a really big closing angle, Chad. Uh, we got, the quote-unquote bullet club getting back together, the band getting back together. Jericho, when he was on commentary, he couldn't even say the too sweet, so he keeps saying, they're doing the hand thing! They're doing the sign! The sign! So uh, the, the closing angle coming out of the show, it was... And then we'll go back and talk a little bit uh, about what ha- what happened before, but we had a Kenny Omega versus Phoenix main event match for the AEW title, and Don Callis distracted Phoenix throughout the match. Kenny was able to win, and post-match... We look backstage, and Pac and Penta are getting beat down by Eddie Kingston and his goons. So now Don Callis and Kenny are, are out in, in the ring where they're going to start trying to, to beat down Phoenix. And here comes Moxley. Moxley comes in with his barbed wire bat. He starts going crazy. And he in 
Then uh, what's Pillman Jr. A uh, couple couple other guys come out. It's we're good. We got a brawl back and forth, and it gets to the point where it's the Young Bucks coming out, and everybody figures, oh great, it's the Young Bucks. You know, they're one of the EVPs of this company. They're here to save their company. They come out and they kind of wait. They look around. They super kick. And then they hold up the two sweet signs So right now we've got Kenny Omega Gallows Anderson who showed up The Good Brothers came out in order to help This uh, this get along They are back with the, the Young Bucks So we've got some TNA impact Interaction here, we've got what used to be New Japan, we've got A, a, a whole bunch of worlds colliding here All together with uh, the reincarnation, reincarnation of the Bullet Club Yeah, you know, it's interesting uh, You know, what was it Maybe in December that uh, we had the the impact and AEW kind of teaser that the companies would be working somewhat together, and then we you know we have the Kenny Omega angle, Don Callis angle. Uh, Don comes to AEW helps helps Kenny win the belt, then Kenny comes over and cuts some promos on on Impact Wrestling, and now I think Impact. Uh, if it's not this week, it's next week. Uh, we have a pay-per-view where Omega and the Good Brothers are in action in a six-man against Rich Swan and, and a couple of guys. So that's going to be interesting. But what a powerful way to end it last night. Um, Jericho just put the icing on the cake. These guys, don't, they don't even work here. They don't even go here. Yeah. You know, he, he, Callis, he too. Just, there's three guys in the ring. They don't even <laughs> get paid. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was just amazing. But really powerful stuff. You know, uh, I don't know how much the Bullet Club, the legs of this, the Bullet Club has underneath them since it's kind of, you know, we had all the T-shirts a couple of summers ago. And then, you know, you had the Bullet Club break up and then you had some kind of cease and desist from from New Japan saying, well, we own it. And we, you know, regardless, it was still a special moment. And the Good Brothers have been teasing, you know, to come mm-hmm. over and to see they that happen last night. That felt yeah. like. Coming over from Impact would would like work and fit the most, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and those guys, I loved them. Uh, you know, WWE, uh, they're talented. Uh, I, I love their little indie shows that they do. I love their podcast. They're really entertaining. And to see all that happen, it's going to be really interesting to see now where it goes from here because you've got a lot of directions you can take this. But with the Young Bucks joining in with the quote unquote hand sign, this is a really big step for AWE. So let's go back to the beginning of uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. We had a fun eight-man tag to start where the Young Bucks were still babyfaces at the time. Sure. And they they end up getting the win with SCU there um, in a fun eight-man tag to start. I mean, that's the thing with AEW. A lot, like, the action is always going to be good. You know, and, and, and even really in this current climate of just pro wrestling in general, I mean, how often do we get a bad match on an NXT um, even in WWE during the week, we'll get some shorter matches, but on, on pay-per-views and bigger shows, like we're always getting quality 10 matches, 10 plus minute matches. So, um, if you're a fan of just pure in ring work right now, this is a golden age for you because there's just so much good work everywhere. We didn't even mention new Japan who had a couple big uh, nights, uh, earlier this week. So, and then, then we got uh, Moxley really kind of showing back up for the first time in a month. He had a promo here and we see later on Chad that Moxley still has, Intentions on going after Omega But I, what I liked about this promo was It was it was a very good guy Promo in that it was Hey, I still have unfinished business with you Moxley But I'm not going to screw things up for Phoenix tonight This could right. be this guy's shot He said something about I don't want to stand in the way of destiny Which I thought was a great line It's just a, It's one of those things as wrestling fans Where 
it just is very basic and simple. Like you give a, all you have to do is give us a little bit of information, and we just go, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." You know, we forget how good Mox is yeah. on the mic. You know, yeah. because he's so solid in the ring. You know, with the shield. You know, he he had some moments. They all had their little moments, their talking moments. You know, then Seth Rollins kind of, you know, his he kind of reared his head as kind of the leader, so to speak. So we really didn't get a whole lot of of mocks on the mic, but that was great. That you know, saying that you know Ray Phoenix has been what 20, 30 years. This is coming for this guy. Uh, I'm not going to get in the way, but at the same time, you know, uh, in due time, I want what's mine, unfinished business. And then when he comes out with the barbed wire bat. You know, that's just uh, that's a pop moment for me. Mox is uh, is hot right now too, and he's definitely oh. a a like even even with the the month like this felt like a big show for him. It felt like a big even last week he wasn't there for the uh, I don't think he was or he wasn't out in in the ring last night and last week he didn't have a match or anything, but he had the promo for the the John Huber tribute for Brody Lee, and it just feels like. He's been gone, but the last couple of weeks have really built his momentum back up again, and um, he, he's no doubt the, the, the contender to come after Kenny. Uh, we saw Miro. Here's the thing that I have to ask. I love Rusev. I love Rusev. Um, I thought that when he had when he was in the Battle Royal at AEW, he's looked the best that he has so far. But who the hell is dressing him? That's the question I have each and every week. I mean, he he he's wearing these these like. Unbelievably sort of like Style like jumpsuits Sweatsuits that are probably thousand Dollars but it doesn't it doesn't Make him look badass enough to me I don't Know do you like this or do you not like his just His look right now no I don't You know and I think we were kind Of led to believe during the End of his WWE run that Okay you know he had the the angle With Lana cheating with Lashley And it was kind of gimmicky and then we had Liv Morgan and the the wedding And then the cake and then there's You know there's Rusev out there doing that We're like okay this isn't Rusev when he comes to AEW he's going to Be a machine this is Taz Jr. Back in the day blah 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 so You know before I Crap on it too much I don't know if this is what if he's given some free reign here and this is kind of what he does. I, you know, in, in the age of Twitch and streaming and all these guys doing video games and they're making money now more than they would make in the WWE. I sure hope this is not what AEW has in mind for him. Yeah. He's wanting to do this because this has been a, a, a early on. This has been a bus, a bus, complete bus. I'm not it, interested it has. in this yeah, at all. And I hate saying it because I love him Me and I too. wanted him to be such a big star. Cause because he has not only is he really good in the ring and a badass and could work with anyone, big, small as anything, he's got a great personality. Absolutely. The guy is funny as hell. And then he could turn it on to the serious badass like really quick. He could flip the switch. I would just love to see I I, I don't know, you know, and and maybe that that's what's gonna happen is he's gonna Get pissed off at the video game crap and just turn it on and become a monster heel or something. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I just I agree with you. This is not it's not hit home for me right now. Uh, following this, we had a big man battle with Wardlow and Hager. Wardlow is finally starting to to be able to show a little bit of what he could do in in the ring, and this led to later on where we see MJF who's doing the wheel weaselly sliding in and he's trying to just earn the love and support of everyone in the inner circle before he can kick Jericho out. We can see it coming a mile Absolutely. away, you yeah. know, and 
this yeah. was great. He goes in, he tells Hager, hey, you know what? Don't be upset about the loss. It was a great fight. Hey, you're still undefeated in the Arctic. I mean, it was pretty good. This was good. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's kind of like Mox doesn't really need the title. I mean, that kind of put him over the top as an international superstar. He doesn't need the title. I don't know, even though MJF is really great in the ring, I really don't know if we have to see this guy in the ring every week. He's so he's so dang talented on the microphone. This guy, I, I don't know what it is. I, you know, you love to hate him. But you can't wait for him to come on. It's kind of like the old Bobby the Brain Heenan. You can't wait for to boo him, right? I can't wait for this guy to speak every week because it, it's so funny. You love to hate him, and he kind of like he kind of grows on you a little he bit. Does. He, he's really good. He's really he's good. so good on like keeping kayfabe too on social yeah. media and everything. Oh, oh, yeah. The the stuff yeah. he did with Brody Lee Jr. last week, sure. just letting the kid get crack him. It's, it's just. He, he just gets it, and he is no doubt a one of the biggest stars in wrestling right now. One of the biggest stars in the world right now, Snoop Dogg, walked in with a little, uh, a little juice to, uh, to compliment the gin of Private Party, and we had the Matt Hardy Private Party interaction. I like, you know, Snoop later was a little more fun. This was kind of a weird Snoop segment because he just didn't really do much. He just kind of stood there um, for a while. You'd figure when you have him, you want it uh, maybe a little bit more or hear him talk, but... Um, People are Snoop was so good in the uh, on that boxing fight uh, like a month ago. Everybody wants a piece of him now. Yeah, and I, you know, if I don't know when the show starts, I'm sure he's on there as part of the contract to help promote this new show. He's a judge, the big Bert show, or, yeah, yeah. And Cody Cody Rhodes is a judge, and and Bert Kreischer is the host. I think it's coming on TBS or TNT. So I'm sure this was a part of that. No, I'm a Snoop fan. Love the music. Grew up uh, Snoop Doggy Dog stuff. He really never did anything for me in wrestling in WWE when he did his segments with Sasha Banks and all this other stuff. It was fun. Uh, the the horrible doggy splash that we saw later in the night was kind of like so okay. like he fell okay, off. It's sure. like he fell off of the uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, it was kind of a weird segment, you know, to introduce you know Snoop to AEW. But you know, it is what it is. Sponsoning Snoop sure, uh, sure. on our uh, TV. We got a Brian Cage Taz weigh in segment with Dar- Darby Allen. They were pumping uh, next week's TNT title match. Cage weighing in at 272, Darby weighing in at 170. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as the heels uh, get ready to attack, it's Sting! <laughs> and uh, I mean, I get, I get a pop for uh, every time we see Sting on the, the TV too. I just, um, I think this is probably going to be the last week where they they can do this same sort of thing, right? Without moving it forward. They got to start moving things forward next week. Yeah. Either either we've got to set up a match at a pay-per-view or something, or we've got to set him up uh, main eventing a match on Dynamite because yeah, you know, I love Shivani, you know, I love the pop, but now it's kind of like, okay, this is three or four weeks of sting. Okay, what's next? You know, yeah, the newness kind of wears off a little bit. This is great, but you know, let's 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 see Sting do something. Talked about Cody with uh, with Snoop Dogg in his corner, and he did the post match Snoop splash off the top <laughs> rope. There, Cody ends up beating Matt or Matt Seidel, and uh, and and yeah, and, and him and Snoop have a little fun, and and Matt gets in the mix afterwards as they <laughs> uh, they count the three there. Um, I would say one of the the 
still weak parts of AEW shows are uh, are some of the their AEW women's title stuff. I do like the character Abaddon. She she's a I think she's a type of character that you want on your roster, right? She's a Kane Undertaker kind of, right. you know, like um blood all over and she plays she plays the gimmick really well. Uh I just I don't like one having her sort of lose right away and two it just like with with Sheeta she is awesome in the ring. I have no issues with her in the ring. I just don't feel like she's quite connected. So th- this to me is I'm I'm always still like wanting a little bit more from some of these women's segments and I'm I'm just waiting for the time when they actually sort of say okay, hey Britt, it's your time now, you know, cuz she sure. it felt like it was going to be her time and then she got hurt and I think they had to go in a different direction. Where do you stand sort of with Abaddon, Sheeta and the women's division? Uh you know what I'm going to say. This is uh this is Without a doubt, their weakest uh, their weakest division on uh, they have some talent and they have a lot of talent. It's just if you want to see women matches on AEW, you've got to tune in on Tuesdays to the 13-14 match AEW Dark, where you see the likes of Thunder Rosa, who is really really good, an international star. Um, you've got to see some of these other independent names that they're bringing in now every week. Um, we're not seeing that. And I know there's some political stuff behind the Sheeta with the title, um, which I'm not going to get into because, you know, I, I, I'm not there. I know, you know, you hear who books these matches and you hear who does this. Uh, she doesn't, she's great. She doesn't do anything in the ring for me uh, or outside the ring. There's really no personality. I really think they can make this belt stand out. Um, you kind of, brought in Ivelisse and Diamante to win this tag team medal deal. You never see them on live TV. You always see them on dark. It's really, really weak. And it's really strange because a lot of those girls are under contract there, though they're never on TV. And it's very disappointing to have to go on YouTube, which I know a lot of people do now. I love YouTube, but for wrestling TV, I should think, you know, Look what I'm not saying they do what NXT does and give half the show to those girls because they can get after it. But maybe if they do, we'll start seeing some of that development. And and, and because of now, you you don't get that feel watching it on YouTube. I could watch anything on YouTube. I want to see AEW's women roster on TV, and I don't want to see the same one or two women in the matches every week in the same winter. I'm really down on it. Me too, me too And, th- and then that led to the uh, the main event that we talked about The Kenny Omega Phoenix stuff So uh, a fun show And any what, what I miss a little bit in wrestling Is what they did at the end Is the end of the show What's going to happen next week You yes. know, we used to get that on Raw Every damn week, right when it went off And it was like, oh no, like what's going to happen Oh crap, like we don't, we don't feel I don't feel like we get enough of that And we did this week for sure on AEW So I thought a, a good Wednesday night show Let's shift the focus over to WWE A couple things to hit from Just on the Friday Night Smackdown side Then we'll get into Raw Legends um, I, I'm, I'm a big big, uh, big big E guy I love, I love Big E um, I, I'm glad they put the IC title on him And now I'm hoping um, That this can be a stepping stone for him The only thing I'm a little worried about Is you know seeing Roman Reigns there I don't see him losing anytime soon So I just hope that Big E can continue on his trajectory And maybe sort of not have to run into Roman For a little while Because I don't want him to run into Roman and lose And then knock him back down Yeah because you know You hear all sorts of rumors I mean you can read and see anything you want But the one thing I do keep hearing is He may be getting prepped to win the Royal Rumble You know it's coming up here pretty quick um, 
And if he does that, you know we're going to get him and Roman Reigns, you know. Um, I, I know we'll get into the Goldberg stuff here in a second. We know that's a, that's a week one-off just, so, you know, just so for those to tune in and maybe try to clean up Goldberg's disastrous uh, Saudi Arabia match with The Undertaker. But Big E is one of those guys. The company likes him. Uh, I think he's even better now that he's kind of apart from the New Day. There's nothing wrong with the New Day. Sell a lot of merch. Funny, fantastic, all great workers. But it just seems like him by himself, he's able to, all right, the focus is on him. He's able to have more one-on-one matches instead of these kind of silly tag matches where he's kind of in and out or what have you. But I think he is a legitimate shot, a legitimate player to win the Royal Rumble. I agree. And when you look at a lot of the odds too, so that's a good tangent. We can let's talk a little bit about that right now. So Royal Rumble favorites, as we look, just some sort of some of the betting odds and some of what we we see out there. Biggie, Daniel Bryan, Edge is a name a lot of people are talking sure. about because he's due to return. Remember, he came back uh, at the Rumble last year. Keith Lee is someone who's been sort of around the main event. Um, Sheamus could make sense with his interactions with Drew McIntyre. And even someone like Seth Rollins is a, a surprise name that could return now that they've had their baby. He could be back in a few weeks and and pick things back up. So on the on the men's side, what what I like about that is... It feels like that's a, a a bunch of new sort of like new faces, new names, yeah. right? Those aren't like recycled main eventers over the last year or so. Yeah, and I'm okay with any of those. Me, you know, me Seth too. Roll- you know, Seth Rollins. You know, uh, he kind of had his run with the Rey Mysterio feud. He, he's kind of been off the television, like you said, because he's a he's a new father now. Um, Sheamus is a guy that they're teasing. We've talked about it before. The to him and Drew McIntyre. Uh, to get in it, we've already seen them get in it, you know, at, at a bar type setting. Those are some good names. We saw what Keith Lee could do on Monday night. You know, that match, him and Drew McIntyre tore the house down. It wasn't like we weren't expecting that because Keith Lee is a is an absolute star. But any of those names are good. I, I, I could see I could see any of them making that run that we've mentioned. But I, I, I just keep hearing that Big E may be the guy. And this may be his year to win it. Big E could be a huge one for him. Uh, some other cool stuff going on on SmackDown. Uh, the Roman KO uh, Jey Uso stuff. I mean, Jey Uso has become like main event Jey Uso, and I love the story, everything going with him. I think Kevin Owens has done a great job. It's just a little bit of a bummer when they have a great feud like this. This almost felt like the like some of what was going on with Kingston and Moxley in AEW. Like yes. really good stuff. I just. We know KO has no shot. That's the right. only problem with something with with this back and forth. Yeah, and it's kind of he, you know, the underdog role. And we love Kevin Owens, and we love what he's done, you know, since he's become a professional wrestling his, wrestler. His days and Ring of Honor were were just absolutely amazing when he was Kevin Steen. But um, yeah, you know, the cage match was great. You knew how it was going to end. Him and Roman, him and Jay, they could, you know. Kevin can make anybody look good. Not that Roman's not, not that Jade's not. So it makes for great matches. Okay, you know, are we going to end that this week? Uh, there's still, you know, we do have two matches, you know, that are that were announced. Uh, you know, you, you talked about Big E. I think he's defending his IC title against Apollo Crews. Uh, I think we're getting that match on SmackDown this week. And I'm sure we're going to have some sort of fallout with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. It's fun and neat to see him chasing but we know he's going to lose every time, and I hate, I hate that they're they're continuing to do that to uh, to Kevin Owens. He needs to go in another direction pretty quick. Yeah, uh, Sasha, Carmella, uh, the Somalier. 
Oh, I love the Somali. The sommelier is just phenomenal. And that's just a great, like, just something that's so simple. It's like, there's never sure. been, you know, a sommelier. It's, he's a valet. He does anything like a manager would do, but it just, to me, it's phenomenal. I love this guy. I think he's going to be really, he's going to be like Ellsworth over the next few months, I think. Absolutely. And who doesn't love Carmela? I mean, I, just the simple fact that, that she's out there performing is good enough for me. And, and she's gotten really good in the ring. I know she, you know, she took a lot of criticism early on and maybe some of that was, was, was worth the criticism, but she has gotten so much better and her and Sasa matches are really, really good. Really good. Yeah. She, I completely agree. Carmela is, is doing some of the best in-ring work uh, ever of her life. Uh, right now we move over to raw legends night. Uh, what happens when they have legends night, the viewership gets up a little bit. It was up 20% again from last week. Hogan, flair, Alicia Fox, Tatanka, Mickey James, Sergeant Slaughter, Molly Holly, big show, IRS, Mark Henry, the boogeyman, Tori Wilson, some of the uh, legends that we saw. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm happy about, although he has not been getting booked very well. Uh, my man, Miz got the money in the bank contract yes. back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which, I think is good for just the contract in general. The last couple of years with guys losing, it, it just hasn't felt as important as it used to. So I, I don't I don't like the idea of just, oh, not cashing it in, not working again. I want this thing to be a big deal and, and to be the thing that it used to be to put the to put the rocket on someone. Yeah, you know, I love this guy is a star. He always has been. I mean, from his MTV days, you know, I've got to I've had the luxury of being able to interview uh, Mike several, several times throughout his career and such a nice guy on and off camera, on the phone, however you interview him, uh, smart. Um, I mean, his show, Ms. and Mrs. on the USA Network is an absolute hit. Um, it doesn't help with Maurice as his wife, but I like that they gave the briefcase back to him. Um, I'm a John Morrison fan too. I love them together. I think here over the next couple of months, you know, maybe we see some sort of a breakup. You know, I don't want Morrison just to be a kind of a mid-card player and do his spots and lose because bringing him back and putting him with the Miz was absolutely perfect. You know, these guys feed off each other when they got the briefcase back. Briefcase back, They were dancing down the steps and all this stuff. But you have them beat the New Day last week, and then they turn around this week and lose. Yeah, I, I don't want him to be the lovable loser type guy. You know, with the briefcase, and he still loses all the time. I don't want that. I really don't want that. I don't like that. And I don't – see, I didn't understand I, – I love the Miz, but I didn't understand why the briefcase got put on him in the first place. Right? No, like He, he seems he like he's, he doesn't need it. He's a fine no. – he's, he's fine where he is in the, in the upper mid card to slide him into the main event when you need, a, when you need someone. You know, like he's got a great role there in the middle. Him and Morrison have him do tag stuff. I would have rather seen Morrison with the briefcase. Yes, you know, like yeah. completely. And Miz could have helped him along the way. And I, I've won this before. I know what you need to do. I will help you. You know, that could have been a really cool thing. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I like that the briefcase they're trying to make still matter. I just don't. I don't need it to be on Miz. It could have been no. better. And and Otis, who knows? But it would have been, like, anyone would have been great. I mean, like a Mustafa with the briefcase or someone like that. Just like a heel that you have that you want to be able to to throw into the mix uh, of the main event some, some time. Um, what was kind of interesting about this show is, I know it was because of Legend show, but they really felt like this show was sort of built around Randy Orton. Oh, like, he, oh, yeah. like he's getting another push, which is kind of weird because he's not, like he just sort of got shuffled out of, of the main event 
title picture with Drew. Um, he didn't burn Alexa to the crisp last week, which we found out. That's a that's a positive. So she's she's not a uh, she's not burned. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm wondering if this was just because the legends are back. The legend killer Randy Orton is this just a one week thing, or is this something more? Are they trying to maybe get him ready for Edge? To, was this some like a tease for Edge to come back? You know, that's a good point. I you didn't know? really think about it till right now. You know, no, that's like, a, that's yeah. a that's a really good point because we really want to see them have a match. You know, the theatrical match. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's great for for television. But you know, the segments Orton is so good. The segments with the Big Show. You know, Mark Henry telling he needs to you know will himself on out of here. You know, Ric Flair calling him a pathetic old man. Uh, you know, you've got a good point here. You've got a really good point. And then, you know, just a great solid match between him and, and Jeff Hardy was something I needed to see on w, uh, on Monday Night Raw. And that was a solid, good old WWE wrestling match with Orton the Great Hill, you know, pulling the earlobes of Jeff Hardy. Just a good solid match. But I think you bring up a good point. I think I think it may be time for Edge to come back. So Orton is interacting with that with legends all throughout the night. Big Show, uh, Mark Henry, he's on the scooter. <laughs> he's having some fun and he uh, he's picking on them all throughout. Um, we then had a uh, AJ versus Elias, but it, it looks like they uh, they're pretty high on Omos, uh, the uh, AJ's big corner man who um, has looked really really imposing. Elias has Riker uh, out there with him as as his other, but. Um, almost maybe someone uh, in the future. I think he's still got a ways to go, but th- definitely someone that they seem like they're uh, they're high on. Yeah, and I think it's 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 really it's really smart to put him with somebody like AJ Styles, who's just an absolute Hall of Famer in every fashion of the word, sports entertainment or professional wrestling. Um, let this guy be on TV a lot. You know, uh, he's not gonna. So to say, learn the moves that AJ style because it's two c- completely different, you know, body frames. We have a giant that we basically have a, a, a cruiserweight type wrestler. But I can see him turning on AJ, AJ turning on him. I know they're high on him and I know he's doing a lot of extra work at the Performance Center uh, from the reports I keep reading. But, yeah, I think they like those big guys. and I think he's the next big one they're going to try to push. So Charlotte. Rick Flair had a little interaction. This is another thing where do you th- is this more than just Rick being around for Legends Night, or do you think this is something that we're going to see? Like, is Rick going to be around now in the next month or so? Man, I hope we don't go down this road, right? We again, we, we've been here. We, we've been here. Uh, he's cried multiple times. I love Rick Flair, my favorite all time. Um, you know, she's berated him before, and now she says, "Stay out of my business." I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is just a part. You know, show deal for the Legends Night. Then you have Lacey Evans, you know, going over there and ki- who I love. She goes over there and kisses him. I didn't understand why that Lacey and Peyton Royce went over. I like Lacey and Peyton Royce. I like what they do on social media. Why Peyton Royce was broken up with the Iconics because I love Billy Kay, what she's doing on SmackDown. That's unbelievable. But uh, I hope we're not going down this road again. It just really takes a lot from Charlotte coming back, you know, because she's. One of the names, you know, that 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 could win, you know, get that big push here, you know, for for her titles, her title, uh, WWE Raw Women's Championship to come back. But I hope that, that we're not doing this again. It's uh, no, ah, not for no. me. No, I, no, yeah, we, we've seen enough of it. Charlotte's great to be there. She's always just someone that you can put in, and she makes things feel more important. But I just, we don't need the 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 Rick stuff with her. She's, no. She seems like she's outgrown it. 
She's yeah. her, she's her like, own now. You know, she just we just really don't need it all, all that much. We had a. Uh, uh, Lashley and Riddle have a little back and forth It looks like we'll probably get a match at the Rumble With these two for the US title Riddle gets the roll up win This was almost like a heel move <laughs> Like he was tapping yeah. out And yeah. then uh, it was like b- backwards booking But uh, b- maybe we're going to be having some bro nuts in a, in a couple weeks at the at the Rumble here, Chad <laughs> Yeah, I like that And I think, we can, I think we've already seen this With Cedric Alexander but I think we're starting to see the cracks in the foundation of the Hurt Business. It was fun for a while. It was neat. It was something new. You know, it's kind of gotten, you know, it hadn't been as bad as the reception for Retribution, so to speak. And I hate where that has went and gone. I don't even know what's going on there. But, you know, the Hurt Business, you know, you're starting to see some problems. Lashley loses on a fluke. And I think later on the night, I think what Lucha House Party uh, defeated Shelton Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander, even though Shelton took the pin, you know, but, but Cedric has kind of been, you know, happy by himself doing some things and he kind of gets the looks from MVP and Lashley and Shelton Benjamin. But I think we're starting to see some cracks in that. And yeah, yeah, this it's Cedric. It feels like, right. Cedric is kind of getting a little too big for his britches. Now sure. he's yes. kind of getting a little, and, and I could see that's, that's where they had a rough night there with the loss and, uh, and then their tag loss a little later on. Um, we had a really good main event, Keith Lee oh, versus yeah. Drew. Oh. This is an awesome. This is probably one of the best that Keith Lee has looked in the last few months on the main roster. Uh, they've sort of been start, stop, start, stop with him up and down with his pushes. But I thought this was really good, and uh, how how in 2021 on Monday Night Raw. We had Goldberg, <laughs> and on Wednesday night we've got Sting. So <laughs> I mean, uh, but Goldberg was really kind of playing heelish here. The only yeah. thing that that I didn't love is that it, it almost felt like he was supposed to be talking to Randy Orton. He was like, right. You disrespect all the legends. Drew just like gave Hulk Hogan a hug backstage pretty much, you know? So <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it didn't really add up what Goldberg was saying, but he definitely was acting very heelish. Yeah. And it felt really rushed too. Um, it felt like there wasn't enough time left over to get that segment over. I don't know if the main event went long, which I, I'm okay with that because Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, which is, was a plus to me, but yeah, you know, Drew gets the, the smart comment back. Like, you know, you don't want anything of this old man or you're a shell of yourself. And then Goldberg with the push, then immediately it goes off. I mean, USA network cut that, you know, there've been rumors that Goldberg was coming back. So I guess we're getting this at the Royal rumble to give it more pop and get some more mainstream coverage. Uh, we know how this story ends. Unfortunately, we, I, you know, I'm a gambling man, so are you. There's no way I'd put my money on Goldberg. I, I've seen, I, I've been shocked before, though, but there's just no way I see Goldberg taking this title for not even a night. There's no way. Can't, cannot do it. Cannot, cannot do, do it. it. No, can't do it here. But, uh, you know, a good, I thought a good week, a fun week with the Legends. Yeah. AEW had a really nice week, and it's, it feels like we get the same sort of schedule every year, Chad. During the NFL season, WWE sort of takes a step back, and right. they don't go all in with any of their angles. Really, they they just don't. They wait, and it's the beginning of the year. Once there's no more Monday Night Football, they start again. You can tell, and they start <laughs> to build things back up. It's just like clockwork. Every year, they waited till the first Monday night with no football. They brought the Legends back for uh, for Legends Night, and I, I'm like. I'm I'm excited. I'm not one of those wrestling fans nowadays that's just going to crap all over WWE and just no, be in on an AEW. And that's why sure. I like talking with you because I think we will do a good job of being 
uh, critical of both of both AEW and WWE, and then also be very positive and praise them for a lot of the good stuff that they do. So that, I, I really enjoy the conversations with you, Chad, because we can hit on all of them, and it and it doesn't ever feel like um, we we have an agenda. Right no. with with this, Absolutely. we're just we're just trying to tell you what we enjoyed as wrestling fans and and things that we like and what we'd like to see moving forward. Yeah, and as you mentioned, with with football kind of winding down, uh, it, it kind of the Royal Rumble actually begins what the WrestleMania season. Though we really don't know much about WrestleMania, Lord knows what will be next week as opposed to end of March or April. You know, for uh, for WrestleMania, but it kind of kicks off WrestleMania season. This is the first big major pay per view. Uh, for WWE, and uh, you know the winner is gonna get the gonna get the main event, and AEW's rolling along. NXT has done fantastically well. I know they go up against AEW, and we don't talk about them a whole lot, but man, their roster is loaded. And from what I hear, I believe that uh, uh, you're gonna see Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. I know Ripley has been very vocal about wanting to stay in NXT. For you see why the, these ladies work every week, and they have hella. Hell of storylines and matches, but those two are have gotten the call up, so it'll be interesting to see which brand that e- both of them go to. But Ripley and Damian Priest are uh, uh, for for losing their matches last night. They're they're getting the call up. They'll, they'll be up. Next. They got to both be in the Rumble. Sure, they're absolutely. Both, I'd imagine they're both going to be in their have Rumble. Have a good run in it too. Have a great. Completely run agree. It. Like Priest should be one of those middle like comes in around eight to ten, and we see him hang around for a while. The final four or five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Don't he's need in, to win it at there. all. Yep, he's in there till the very very end. That would be great. And then on the women's side, like you said, right now it is it does feel sort of wide open. I mean, I think Bianca Belair is like a lover. Yeah, me too. And is being sort of looked at as one of the favorites. I don't think it's going to be Charlotte this year. I don't think they. I don't think they would do that. I think Charlotte should be in the final four. She should be in the final two, even because then everyone goes, "Oh no, it's Charlotte," and it's the Roman Reigns syndrome, right? Once she gets eliminated, everybody loves it. So you know, Rhea, Bianca, Alexa are some of the ones that I think. Right, I've been reading and hearing that you feel like the way they've been being booked. Rhea, like I would love to see Rhea come up and win, and then say. I don't want to go for the title. I want to face Charlotte Flair. That would be amazing. And then she faces Charlotte at WrestleMania. She beats Charlotte. She gets her win back, and then she goes after the title. And, and let them headline the damn thing. I mean, I excuse mean, my language. Let sure. them tear the hat down. Please. You know, I, I think we're agree. I think we're to that point. I, that I think we're one to of that the point. Best. Rhea Ripley is a star, dude. Incredible. She is blown up. She is a star. Incredible. And you know what? Last year's WrestleMania match, the, that was one of my favorite women's yes. matches I've ever seen Absolutely. with Rhea and with Charlotte. It was so damn good. And the pandemic stuff and everything, there was a while where it felt like Rhea was a little cold. But over the yeah. last couple months with war games and with just being back in the picture, the, the, the match with EO and the match last night, she is phenomenal and she's ready to come up. And, and I'm ready to see Me Rhea. Too. Charlotte, Rhea, Sasha, Rhea, Bailey, Rhea, Alexa, Rhea, Oscar. Oh, Rhea, Oscar. Give me, give me all of that, please. Yeah, like and, that. You, and you can't deny those matches, right? With with this talent coming up, you know, for a while they were bringing up some of these names from NXT and from the Performance Center, and they kind of get lost in these kind of gimmicky things. Lacey Evans was one of them. Not that she's on that level of of Rhea Ripley, but they kind of get lost in these gimmicks, and they they do this and they kind of do that. You put Rhea Ripley in any of those matches with any of those women, uh, you got a main event, sir. 
Chad Cooper, my man Hopefully the first of many this week in wrestling segments Yeah, You won't find uh, a show where you're going to get all of the wrestling in about 45 minutes WWE, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, some Royal Rumble thoughts Uh, Chad, my man, give the folks some of your plugs out there Where can we follow you on social media? What do you have coming up? I'm constantly on Twitter and Instagram uh, at the Chad Cooper on both of them. Don't laugh at the name. Uh, there was much more, many more Chad Coopers. I didn't know that, but the T H E Chad Cooper. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Give me a shout. We can talk anything, football, horse racing, sports, photography. I'll talk about it all, Gino. Chad Cooper, my man. Thank you so much, buddy. Folks, uh, you heard where to follow him. Give Chad a follow. He'll be back here. Much more on That's What G said. We're going to take a quick break, but do not go anywhere. Plenty more to come. Loop. Great stuff from the Coop Man. Appreciate Chad helping us out, talking all sorts of different wrestling there. And that will do it for this episode of That's What G Said, folks. Big thanks to Dave Weaver, Eric Etoff 21 Sports, Gabe Vartanian, Andy Villanueva, and Chad Cooper. And, you know, next week, what you're going to get here, you're going to have plenty of horse racing. We'll be talking about the NFL playoffs coming up, uh, the second round of the NFL playoffs. And we're going to get into Cobra Kai, much more Sam Houston. We'll be covering each of those racing days with that low, low takeout and all the multi-race exotics. Make sure you to subscribe, download, rate, review, share it around with your friends, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a nice weekend. Joey, close us out, buddy.